everyone, and welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games that you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kennecke. Today's show is on handheld console launch lineups, and my guest returning is Matt Jaguer. Hi, Matt. Hey. Long time no see. Yeah, it's been, it's been 16 episodes. 16, 17 it's episodes? Six, 16 episodes. It's been almost a year. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that's my fault. I haven't done enough of these shows, but... Uh, it is it is great to have uh, my favorite East Coast correspondent on oh, to uh, wow. to talk about some video games here and handhelds one that's ones at that. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about handheld console launch lineups. Uh, we'll we'll go through mm, ca- kind of all of them. Our our knowledge collectively, while while very broad, is uh, is not all encompassing. So uh, I don't know how much talk we're going to get into on something like the Atari Lynx. Or yeah, the, or the Wonder, Wonder Swan. Yeah, or the Engage. But uh, we'll do what we can. <laughs> I can say a little bit about the Engage. Can uh, you? Oh, my God. I, this, I never bought one. But this is going to be great, you know. then. This is much better than I expected. <laughs> uh, but before any of that, uh, there was, uh, you know, Gamers on the Go isn't really a, a news uh, source I like to try to keep these things as uh, timeless as possible so somebody can just pop in one of these things at any time and, and learn about you know Super Mario Land or uh, Infinity Blade and not be connected to some things. But uh, every once in a while, there's some news that just kind of begs to be talked about. And uh, this, this last week here had some news that is just that. Uh, Nintendo... Is uh, is announcing a new handheld system, kind of. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> uh, it's more like an, not not a uh, redesign or an upgrade, more like kind of like a downgrade. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, it's it's a new SKU of their 3DS console. This one is called the 2DS, uh, <laughs> and is like a. I'm sorry, I still can't get over the name. It's, yeah, the name is. The name uh, is interesting. It's just like at Microsoft and the Xbox One. It's like, well, we got to make our console sound new. We're like, oh, we'll just we'll go down a number. That's the end thing to <laughs> yeah, do now. Right. Like we went with 360, so we didn't have to uh, compete with an Xbox Two versus a PS3. And yeah. we can't make an Xbox Three because it's still a PS4. Fuck, we better just come up with another stupid, ridiculous name. It's just like Internet 2.0. It's like, oh, what we got to do to name our sites? All the good names are taken. Oh, drop the vowel at yeah. the end. Just Get rid of those vowels. What do we need vowels for? I uh, know. Or double consonants. Why not? Uh. So uh, this 2DS is is more or less uh, a 3DS that is completely opened uh, and flat. Uh, it's it's kind of got like a slate design, so it, it truly does look like a doorstop. Uh, or the... Uh, Blade on an axe or a mauler. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if you've seen pictures on the internet already or gifs of it, um, and and really, it kind of is what it says in that it is a 2D 3DS. Um, they they've dropped the 3D functionality out of it, uh, but everything else is more or less the same. No hinge. Uh, yeah, the the no hinge because it has that kind of slate design. It, it dropped the clamshell, but it plays all the same games. Uh, it has. It has the 3D camera on it for some reason, though yeah. you are not able to look at your 3D photos. Uh, you can look at them in 2D, I guess, and then transfer them to something that could show them in 3D, but that's that's weird. I'm sure there are stereoscopic 3D picture frames out there that <laughs> are just, just, you know, it's a bomb of a market, man. Yeah, and it's going to explode now. 
Um, and and it still can connect to the internet. It, it does everything a 3DS can do, yep. except Street Pass, for everything. yeah, definitely StreetPass too. Uh, except for this uh, 3D functionality, which on the face of it sounds good because that's my least favorite part of my 3DS. See, well, I like the 3D. I always crank that up when, like, especially if I'm at home and I'm just going to pop it in the charger after I'm done playing because, yeah, I have nothing against uh, 3D or anything like that. I kind of like the novelty of it. It's a gimmick, but uh, I kind of enjoy that. You mentioned charger. That that actually is, I made a mistake. My least favorite part of my 3DS is the battery life. Yeah. <laughs> but, but my second would be the 3D. Uh, I, you know, I'll try the 3D on every new 3DS game I get. And I'll, I'll have it on there, and sometimes it'll be cool. And I'll go, yeah, that's kind of interesting. And then I'll just, I'll take it all the way back down, and I play in 2D. And Yeah, it's, it's just a novelty. It's, you know. Right. There are a few games that take really, you know, any sort of uh, uh, good experience using it or anything that's, uh, you know, worth, like, oh, this is a game that needs to be played in 3D. Right. I, I think Super Mario 3D Land made the best case of it in that there were some depth kind of puzzles that um, you didn't absolutely need the 3D on for, but I think it made them more, I wouldn't say easier, but they made, it made them more uh, navigable. Yeah, I'd say Pushmo too, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, Pushmo I could, I could see. Um, but this, <sighs> I, I bought a 3DS because I just really wanted a more powerful DS, and I knew that it was going to be this was we were going to get new games on and and that we were going to get better games and uh you know with the DS it was getting close to something like a Nintendo 64 i mean we'll we'll talk about it when later when we're talking about launch lineups but it had Super Mario 64 DS was a launch title and it's like wow. man this thing can do Nintendo 64 ish stuff uh so now we're we're definitely getting to a point where this thing's more powerful but uh, the 3D was never the big selling point to me, and having a 3DS console that doesn't have the 3D sounds, you know, it sounds like something I'd kind of want. But and a, and a lower price point too, like it's and a lower price point. Bucks that's, off the top, so. that's the definite big feature here is that this is it knocks. Uh, what'd you say, forty bucks off? It was. I believe so. It's like one forty as opposed to uh, hundred eighty bucks is the. Uh, baseline DS and the XL is like actually I think it knocks fifty. I think it knocks fifty. I think it's one thirty. Oh, one thirty. Yeah, I think it's one thirty, uh, hey. where the other one is one eighty. The point is, they're launching this alongside Pokemon X and Y, right? And if they're what they want to do is target this to a younger audience that goes gaga for Pokemon, even though a lot of older folks like ourselves probably love Pokemon too. I'll be good. Uh, you know, if they go to the store and they want to pick up Pokemon, but they don't have the 3DS to play it, they can just hopefully they can understand like, oh, there's this other version of the same handheld. Uh, that's cheaper, so, you know, the offset the price, I'm paying the same price for a 3DS plus the game. Right. It seems like a really good value. And and there definitely was a lot of smart thinking that went into this console. The the To back up a little bit, the, the news broke a few days ago, and the Internet seems to be up in arms about it, that this is uh, incredibly stupid uh, and unnecessary and feels like Nintendo's backtracking on the 3D because maybe the gimmick didn't work out because uh, it obviously hasn't really done a whole lot for 3D movies except made them more expensive. Um, I don't know, man. Pacific Rim in 3D was amazing. <laughs> I saw it twice in 3D. I, I, saw, it in, I saw it in 2D and felt just fine. 
I saw Jurassic Park in 3D, and I thought that was that was all right. That was mm. that was pretty cool. Um, but still, I, I think 3D as a as a selling point has is not done as well as it might have been believed to have done. No, no, clearly not. So, but there was, I mean, so the internet doesn't seem to like it, but I think the internet also isn't really the target market that Nintendo has in mind. Uh, you mentioned that it skews, it's definitely skewing more towards kids. Uh, Nintendo is saying that this is a device that is made for, you know, kids who are around five or six, where they kind of recommend that kids seven and up uh, could play with the 3DS. Uh, so the idea is that this is going to be a little more durable. It doesn't have the clamshell design because that's something that could snap. Uh, the screens are much more recessed into the device, so that might protect it from, you know, when a kid drops it on the ground and maybe the screens won't break or maybe uh, they won't get scratched up as much, which mm-hmm. will still happen because they're screens yep. and they're exposed all the time. Um, won't fit in your pocket, but, I mean... If you're a kid... Right. If you're, like, a five or six-year-old, you're probably like not putting this in your pocket. It's probably something that you you pull off the shelf and, and play with for a little bit, and then it's dinner time, and then you put it away. Yeah. I um, mean, when I was a kid, my Game Boy never fit in my pocket. I mean, <laughs> the old Game Boy still doesn't fit in my pocket today, unless yeah. I'm wearing, like, ultra baggy pants or cargo pants or something, but, like... Uh, yeah, I, I think this. I think they got a good target market for this. And mm-hmm. uh, the only thing I'm wondering is, is there like there has to be a sleep function on this, right? Uh, I'm like sure. When you close yeah, the there's got to be. Because when you have games like Duck Amuck, and I'm sure there are other games that you close the lid, there are actually gameplay features in the game that uh, when you put it in sleep mode, that you actually play like that. So I'm sure there's got to be some way that they have to compensate for that. Yeah, somebody was mentioning, I haven't actually played through um, Phantom Hourglass, Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass, but somebody said that you're not going to be able to complete that game. Yeah, I think it was Griffin McElroy or something like that, okay, someone like yeah. that uh, who uh, made that point. And I guess there has to be a sleep mode. So if, it's, if it emulates the exact same function, then it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. It is, it, I, and it's just, it's weird. <laughs> It's very, it is, but it's, it's not for it's us. Weird. Yeah, it's not for us. I think I might still buy one just for the novelty of having one. Um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm perfectly fine with my baseline <laughs> 3ds. It's in purple, and uh, I love that. And hey, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I've got my my Cosmo Black one. I, I haven't upgraded to a 3ds XL. Uh, I and I don't really feel the need. Uh, mostly, I play my 3ds at home anyway, uh, so the battery life isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, and, and I realize that I'm probably not the typical 3DS owner anyway, uh, so my qualms about my 3DS aren't, uh, aren't probably the norm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing. The name, I think, is the, is the weirdest part, that they would name it the 2DS, uh, especially after the kind of debacle of the Wii U versus Wii is this thing just an add-on to my original Wii? Uh, do Wii games work on my Wii U? Do Wii U games work on my Wii? Uh, for the for the people who work retail at the GameStops or the WalMarts, these these people just have to hate Nintendo. What are you, what are <laughs> I, you I doing to us? Have that same problem though, because this is you know it's a, a handheld. You, you don't have an add-on, uh, not many add-ons to a handheld these days. So uh, I think. 
like when the 3DS came out, I'm sure there were a lot of people who were like, oh, can I play my 3DS games on my old DS? And yeah, I, there's always, always that. There are people back when the Super Nintendo or uh, the PlayStation 2 came out. It's like, oh, can I play my PlayStation uh, 2 games on my PlayStation or something like that? Yeah. But, you know, there's always going to be some confusion when there's a console upgrade. Right, but I, the difference is that when I when I buy a 3DS game, it says 3DS on the box. And mm-hmm. I know that, okay, this will work for my 3DS. Well, I know because I'm not an idiot, but uh, a mom <laughs> who has bought a 3DS for her child goes in, buys a 3DS game because it says 3DS on it. She knows it'll work. Let's say she goes in and buys this 2DS... And then she goes over and sees Pokemon, because it's out on the same day, and she goes, well, this is made for the 3DS, because it has 3DS on it. Unless, it will be absolutely crazy if Nintendo, for all handheld games going forward, says 2DS and 3DS compatible. Yeah, but... They might. Oh my god, they might. what, a couple extra characters on a box, so... I'm sure the costs will be astronomical (laughs) for them, but... uh, yeah, it's a brave new world, man. It's it's absolutely insane. I I want to say it'll bomb because it just seems like something that will bomb, but I think there's enough smart thinking behind it that it'll it's probably going to do just fine, and it's probably going to blow over real quick, and nobody's really going to make a big deal out of it once it actually yeah, comes out. We're going to wonder if it's going to be like the PSP Go or like in five years it'll be like the Game Boy Micro where everyone's like, oh, it's too small. And now it's like, oh, man, I love my Micro. It's like such the coolest little thing. Yeah, <laughs> I can, I don't, I've never had a Micro, but I really want one. They, they look they look really cool. I had yeah, a, no, We're such finicky bastards. <laughs> I had a GBA and then I got a GBA SP and mm-hmm. I, I, was, I felt set. Um, but I, yeah. I still have my SP. It still still works. Yeah, mine too. It still works fine. I Not still no go back scratches to it. on the screen because that clamshell design. I yeah. traded it in my uh, old GBA because I just could not stand that non backlit <laughs> screen. Just we'll get into some of the games that came out for it, but yeah. man, that <laughs> I, that clamshell that design man. a lot of some of the games there. Yeah, I love that clamshell design. It's it's perfect, and I understand why why they'd take it out of the 2DS. But I, if they had made a 3DS without the 3D and jacked up the battery life a little bit, I would have said, "Okay, yeah, let's do let's do that." I don't mm-hmm. need I don't need the big XL. That that's probably my perfect system. Um, weirdly enough, the 2DS has negligible battery life upgrades over the original 3DS. That's probably cost cutting, though. Just like the clamshell design. Maybe, uh, but again, that's I, crazy. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but like, how how long is the 3ds if you have no 3D on and the brightness all the way down? Yeah, it's, it's about what five hours. Yeah, it's halfway decent, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's the same you would get off of your, you know, if you're playing your uh, iPhone or iPod Touch or iPad hardcore for like right. several hours, you drain the battery in about three or four. Yeah. All right. So the 2ds could be interesting. We'll we'll have to kind of see what happens. Uh, Find out in a month. Yeah, I, I think it'll do fine. Oh, man, it's just a month? Oh, a month and a well, half. Well, yeah, a month, month and a half. But still, that's really close. I wasn't expecting to have to play through Pokemon that quickly, or that I soon, anyway. Still have Black and White to finish, but I uh, think I'm just going to put that down. Black and White 1? There was a whole sequel man. to those games, man. 
I know, I know, but it's it's so hard to get into a Pokemon da- game for me these days, and I need some I need something a little more animated. And after seeing the videos for like a full 3D town, like mm-hmm. something I was craving since like the N64 days, like oh man, how cool would it be to have like a fully 3D world and everything? Uh, aside from like an MMO, right. I think this is the next best thing. Yeah, I, I'm actually pretty excited about X and Y. I think they're getting a little crazy. It, with the Pokemon and, like, the Mega Evolutions or whatever the hell they are. <laughs> the Digimon Yeah, they're definitely getting a little too far into Digimon territory. Oh, whatever. They've been trading back and forth for <laughs> over a decade now, so who cares? Yeah, and, and honestly, it's going to be like every other Pokemon game that's not called Red or Blue for me, that I'll play through it once, I'll have my Pokemon, I think it'll be cool, and then I'll never play through it again because I don't want to lose my save. But I've played through Red and Blue so many different times uh, that I remember those stories, and I just don't remember the stories from anything else. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Pokemon, Pokemon will be on another show. Wait for wait for episode twenty. If I'm going to do that, I mean, I've I've been trying to do Pokemon episodes every ten, so we'll see. Gold and Silver, I guess, is their next. That's that's up. Yeah, I never played Gold and Silver. Only Red and really? Blue. Really? Yeah. I, I, for me, that was not. I mean, that was when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, and like my friends and I would go on the playground, we play Pokemon, and mm-hmm. you know that was it, it. It just sucked up all our time along with like Magic and yeah. other games. But like after that, it was like, well, you know, there are other games that I want to play, and uh, yeah, Color Pokemon sounds cool, but I've already played this, and <laughs> you know. Maybe now's the time to get back into it. I thought of that with black and white, and I was kind of, I was enjoying it. It just it lost my interest after a while. Yeah, I can see that. All right, well, let's get into uh, the real the real meat of this podcast and talk yes. about some console handheld launch lineups here. Um, let's. Uh, I mean, I guess let's go through this in chronological order. Um, we're going to we're definitely going to hit on some consoles that neither of us know much about. Uh, and some games that neither of us have played, um, but then after after we kind of go through everything and make our statements on on different games and different consoles, uh, then we can we can set aside some time to debate on what was the best since that's yeah what we as humans do yeah especially gamers we love to rank everything absolutely uh, top ten list please. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll get into that near the end, but let's start with uh, October of 1989, which was uh, when I was born. Uh, yeah, I was born, and so was the Atari Lynx. Now I never knew this existed until. <laughs> well, I, I you know I'm always familiar with what existed, and Atari Lynx that was always like just a yeah, it was just such a weird thing. It was it looks weird too. Yeah. Actually, but, uh, Wikipedia Zillable has it. being the first color LED uh, handheld system. Right. Wikipedia actually has it wrong. Uh, it has uh, the Game Boy as August of 89, but it has Links coming out before it. That's weird. Yeah. Um, so technically, the Game Boy should be first. But we're already in Links country, and I feel like it's going to be a pretty quick uh, drive through this thing. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, did you ever have or play an Atari Lynx? Nope. Neither did I. Uh, so I can't tell you anything about Blue Lightning, Electrocop, Gates of Zendokan, or uh, I mean, I could I could talk about California games, but definitely yeah, not the Atari Lynx version. Some, 
Yeah, I think everyone has played some version of California games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I most remember playing on the Master System. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's California games. It's surfing, surfing, hacky sack, uh, rollerblading, uh, BMX bike. It's, you know. And I'm going to take a bunch of mid games. Yeah, I'm going to take an educated guess here and say that the Atari Lynx version is probably not the optimal version of California games to play. Maybe <laughs> I'm not going to say anything like that. Yeah, I never played it. So. I can't. Yeah, I can't speak directly to it, but uh, knowing the general idea of how people feel about the Atari Lynx, uh, I'm going to say that might not be something you need to really care about. I mean, there were people that, you know, lauded it when it first came out. And it sure. like, oh, blows the Game Boy away because of color. But, yeah, I mean, man. Battery life and all those things <laughs> when you're on a handheld. Yeah, we complain, really... we're complaining about the 3DS battery life. And yeah. if you uh, hold up a Lynx or a Game Gear, it's no contest. Uh, yeah, you need, <laughs> man, six batteries. and You need that uh, AC adapter to play. And you don't want that when you have... Right, it's it's a portable system. That's supposed to be one of the big selling points. And if you only get, what, like an hour, hour and a half, maybe like two hours out of a Game Gear... But six double A's. Those things weren't cheap. Right. Uh, I really think that convenience wins out on a lot of these things. So the Game Boy, you know, smartly built with its monochrome screen, even though you have, oh, this isn't black and white, you're still getting so much time out of it. Uh, and it, it used fewer batteries. It made a whole lot more sense. And I, and I, that's kind of what I go to, my, is my go to when I'm talking about any kind of game, uh, console or peripheral. Like, is this going to be convenient for people? So when I see something like the Kinect or the Oculus Rift or, uh, dance pads or any kind of thing like that, is this going to be convenient enough for people to use? And the only one that is, uh, the only thing that I can think of that has uh, kind of taken a notch out of my theory is Rock Band or, or Guitar Hero. I'd say Guitar uh, That was pretty convenient. Once people saw that, the, after the initial reaction of, like, that that seems like the dumbest fucking thing ever. Let mm-hmm. me play that. Well, I mean, it's not as convenient as using a regular controller, but the novelty of it... you can't play that game as, with a regular controller. In not, not well or fun. But yeah. yeah, but it's um, easier than like getting a Dance Dance Revolution uh, dance pad. Yeah, and I think the novelty of of having one of those plastic instruments is actually a lot of the, the a lot of the selling point that you feel like a rock star when you're playing it. I don't feel like you. I mean, I don't I don't feel like a dancer when I'm playing DDR. I feel like I'm playing a puzzle game with my feet. Um, <laughs> so I okay back to back to kind of handhelds here. Yep. Uh, so we're going to say goodbye to the Atari Lynx. Uh, yeah. We hardly knew you in Maybe that we actually don't know anything about you at all. Uh, yeah, I'd love to own a Lynx one time, sometime. Just, you know, to have one. Mm-hmm. They seem interesting. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Game Boy. Uh, so we're only going to talk about U.S. launches here uh, because we're big, dumb Americans. Uh, so yeah. if you were hoping to hear about Yakuman... Which was one of the Japanese launch games. You're you're out of luck here. It's mahjong. That's all. It is, is it <laughs> okay? Well then, I'm pretty sure. Sure, I, I have no idea how mahjong plays, but I'm sure people like it. I've I've heard good things about mahjong. Uh, okay. Anyway, so United States launch August of 1989. Um, let, let's start with a showstopper here. Uh, it's it's Tetris. It came yeah. bundled with the system. It's the reason why the Game Boy is, was probably as big as it was. 
Uh, we talked about it a lot on the very first episode of Gamers on the Go, um, that Super Mario Land was originally planned to be the pack-in game, because it was the pack-in game for uh, the NES to have a Mario game. And uh, I, I'm blanking on the man's name. Uh, we could go back to that episode or just wait until the Tetris episode happens that I'm sure will eventually happen. Uh, but this guy said, you know, you really should take a ch- chance on Tetris. I think it's really going to help uh, help broad, broaden your user base here, that you're, you're going to have your, your boys who are interested in, in Super Mario Land, and that's going to be your market. But if you put in Tetris, you're going to get the boys, the girls, the moms, the dads, the businessmen. Uh, you're going to get everybody. And yeah. this guy was completely right. Yeah. You know, it was probably the smartest thing Nintendo has ever done. Yeah. Uh, period. It, yeah, no doubt. There was so many times when I'd have to wrestle my Game Boy away from my mom because she was playing <laughs> Tetris uh, when I wanted to play Tetris. Yeah. It, it, it's a game that still holds up to this day. Definitely. You can sit down and play original Game Boy Tetris or any form of Tetris, basically. Right. And it, it is no longer my favorite form of Tetris. Uh, there are other Tetris games, other ways that people have fiddled with Tetris and modified it slightly that I've, I've enjoyed a little bit more, but there's still something about going back and playing the original. There's something about just playing the original Tetris on a Game Boy uh, that is awesome. And yeah. It's, it still works. Everything is still the way it should be, uh, and it's one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah, uh, it's pretty much timeless. It fits exactly for where it was, and you can look at it today, and it's just it's one of those almost near-perfect games. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do we have? We have Alleyway, which, I don't know, it, it's a game. It's a, another kind of basic game that we've played Breakout. in many different forms. Arkanoid. Uh, Arkanoid. Uh, there was a, I, I, I always played it as, like, Javanoid, because uh, that's the <laughs> one I'd play on the computers at school, because it worked on Java. Uh. Um, but, yeah, it's... Mario jumps into the thing, and it's supposed to be like he's in some sort of capsule spaceship that's bouncing the ball. Um, but other than that, it's it's just Arkanoid. So. Yeah. Not re- not really as fun without, like, a knob controller or anything like that. But. Yeah. Or, or even, like, uh, tilt controls. I've played some Arkanoid yeah. kind of clones on uh, on my iPod Touch, and that that's kind of interesting, too. Yeah, like uh, BitTrip and... Yeah, definitely. Those kind of games. Uh, let's see, baseball. Did you ever play baseball? No, but I, I'm aware of it. It's it's baseball. Yeah, I, mean, I had baseball. The uh, only baseball game I ever played growing up, other than the one for uh, Odyssey 2, uh, was <laughs> Baseball Wars on the NES with the robots. Yeah, Base Wars. That was... Uh, base oh, Wars. That it's, was got a, it's got a oh, stupid man. long title. There's like a bunch of extra shit in front of it that's talking about like whatever Baseball Federation presents Base Wars. But yes. It, it's robots playing baseball and when you try to tag somebody out you go into a battle mode and sometimes they'll have guns or swords and it's just so fucking crazy yeah, and like, there, there would be different uh, robots based that have, would have different stats like there would be ones with tank treads and they would run differently than the ones with legs and oh base wars mm. good times good times uh, anyway uh, baseball for the game boy uh, not not as many robots um, no, unfortunately, it, it works. It was it was simple. Uh, it wasn't my favorite game, but I would always play it for 
a game and then go, all right, well, that's enough of that. I'll play something else now. But it always had it had Mario on the cover as the pitcher, and that was cool. I mean, that was with, like, every Nintendo well, sports yeah. game. Mario was, in some form, like, the golfer or the ref or the tennis player. And then you'd get into the game, and it wasn't so, and it was a little sad. Um, but, yeah. Ba- baseball was cool. It, it's definitely not my favorite baseball game that's been made. Um, mm. But there were... I, I was never very good at it, either. I could never get the timing down. I could always put something in play, but I could never actually really get good hits. Nah, rather watch real baseball. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, we've talked a lot about Super Mario Land. If you want to, if you want to hear about that game, you can listen to our first episode. But I, I yeah. think it's fair to say that we're both in favor of it. It's a, yeah, it's a good. It still game. holds up to this day. Even the naysayers will say, "Oh, it never was really a good game." Shut up. It's <laughs> fascinating. It's say. a fascinating game. Uh, it's, it's. We we talked about it, and that it's not. It doesn't really feel like a Mario game, but it it still for its time and place. Things. It was, yeah, it was good, and it, I still think it is good. And you're gonna you're gonna hear this sentiment come up a lot in the future of this episode here uh, that there aren't enough original Mario games that were launch titles for these handheld systems, oh. uh, and for this one, that's definitely a feather in its cap that it had a new original Mario game when it released. And, uh, and that was awesome. And then the final one is tennis. Uh, tennis, I feel, is is much better. It, it's a much better representation of the sport than something like baseball was. Um, I think golf did okay. Uh, I remember playing a little bit of golf. Uh, it, that golf wasn't a launch title, though. But tennis, tennis was actually really complex. Did you ever play some tennis? Uh, on the Game Boy, I don't think I ever did. I'm, pre- I'm, you know, again, like baseball, I'm aware of it. And, um, yeah, can't really say much to it. When you play tennis, it feels, you can see, when you play tennis now, anyway, you can see, okay, this is the roots of Mario Tennis. Mm-hmm. That they, they took a lot of these concepts, the, the things that are in this game built the foundation of what would become something like Mario Tennis, something like most modern tennis games. And I'm sure a lot of this just comes from the NES version. But still, uh, to to bring it down into the monochromatic screen and for such a a lower power machine than the NES was, uh, the Game Boy version is really good. Uh, The AI is a little stupid. Uh, if If you're serving the ball, it's really easy just to hit the serve as hard as you can one direction and then when they return it you play up to the net and you smash it in the other direction and they can't do anything about it um really the only challenge of the game comes from when the opponent themselves uh are the ones uh serving but still a really cool game that that definitely shows you where the future of tennis games uh, was going to go so, so that was cool. Uh, the Game Boy, I think, up and down, a pretty good lineup. You've I'd got, say so. I you, mean, you got a couple good sports games. You got a really amazing puzzle game. Uh, you've got a, an amazing platformer in Super Mario Land. And Alleyway, I think, is really the only weak link. But it's it's what it is. It was serviceable. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think anyone would say would say Alleyway's a bad game, but it just wasn't a game that's going to light you on fire. Yeah. Anyway, um, moving on 
to October, or no, sorry, that was the Japanese launch. Uh, moving on to April 26, 1991, where we got uh, the Sega Game Gear. Sega got in on the handheld stuff. Um, do you remember the commercials for that? I don't know if I do. It was like all these people playing in like this some sort of warehouse, and just like typical like early nineties. <laughs> there's like this backlit like it's from like the Terminator Two or something like that. Someone comes out from behind this giant door and he shows them this Game Gear, and kids are like color, <laughs> and uh, you know it's like you know kiss on this uh, Nintendo. We have color, yeah. Which, which was a big deal at the time, too. I mean, we said the Lynx was all, like, the first color handheld game, but this was the big, like, mass market handheld uh, color. Right, console, and uh, this handheld. is this is in Sega's kind of fuck you Nintendo attitude era of anything you can do, we can do with more horsepower. Yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. This is the Nintendo days. Um, looking at the launch, uh, we've got... Some stuff that's okay. Did you did you own a Game Gear? I did not. I didn't either. I, I played a little bit at a friend's place. Um, I had a cousin from France who uh, would bring it over when he'd come visit the United States, and uh, he'd always say like, "Yeah, you can play it for like five minutes, but I ran out of <laughs> I'm, I don't want to run out of batteries, and I want to play it." Oh man, that's so uh, yeah. That that pretty much was the Game Gear in a nutshell. Yeah, I, I did. I've had I've played enough of these games from from friends' consoles, and then I've heard some stuff about other ones that I've read. Um, so, kind of going through it, they had Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, which uh, is not the Castle of Illusion that you know and love on the Genesis version. Um, it is it is a pretty basic and not fun uh, platformer starring Mickey Mouse. That was kind of a failure. Mm. Uh, it That's had, a shame. Yeah. I, what do you expect a little bit? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, this is handheld. Sometimes yeah. you have to truncate, dumb down a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't you, say dumb down. You have to shrink. You have, to be, you have to be creative in, in what you do. You're not going to be able to uh, replicate a console experience, a full home console experience on a handheld. It just doesn't we'll, happen. We'll get to that when we get to the PSP, I guess. Right, yeah. Like, we're getting closer to that with something like the PSP and the Vita and even the 3DS to a degree. But uh, at this point in time, anyway, you you weren't even going to get close. So you you really did need to be creative or at least boil it down to the to the essential elements. And, and Castle of Illusion just tried to do too much and couldn't deliver on any of it. Um... The Game Gear's kind of Tetris wannabe was uh, was Columns. I think Columns was also a Master System or a Genesis game. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but Columns is, is pretty basic. Uh, it's like Match 3. Like yeah. Drop down. Uh, no, like Columns, basically. Yeah, you, each, each piece is made up of three parts uh, that are all in one single column, uh, hence the name. And... You can't turn anything over on its side, so you just have to swap uh, between what you want uh, to be on the bottom, middle, and top, and you just try to match three. And you can match three any, basically any way, horizontally, uh, vertically, diagonally, uh, and and you can try to get some combos in there. and And it was all right; it it worked. It was a it was a well done game, but it's it's no Tetris, that's for sure. No, so. 
in columns, though, it's it, it is it is what it is. Uh, but it, it was a solid port of what what that game was. Uh, G Lock Air Battle or G dash I don't know G dash L O C all in caps colon Air Battle. It seems like they wanted to make like a afterburner. For yeah, Game Gear. Uh, it was it's pretty. I mean, for the for the time, it was gorgeous. It had what looked like polygons. Uh, obviously, they weren't, but uh, it it seemed very futuristic and cool. Uh, the game itself was really simplistic, and you just kind of tilt your your fighter jet from side to side, and anything that even remotely comes into crosshairs, you just fire and it explodes, and that's the game. <laughs> it, there's really not much more to it than that. You you couldn't even really go up or down. Uh, I think they kind of had those options, but it really didn't make any difference. Uh, so yeah, just side to side shooting gallery. Uh, it's yeah, it's pretty though. It was it was definitely the showpiece that you would go to your friends and go, look at how real these airplanes look. And yeah, I mean a lot of the Game Gear games were pretty. It mm-hmm. was better console hardware wise, and everything was in color. So yeah. it yeah, it was a nice. Uh, like tech-wise, it was a nice little system. Mm-hmm. A little bulky, but you know, it's that, that battery life, man. It just <laughs> killed it. Yeah. Uh, we also got Psychic World, which I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna tell you something that might be a little surprising to you, but I think Psychic World is a pretty good game. I have never even heard of Psychic World. Psychic what World. Is this game? Psychic World. Honestly, it has, it's a platformer, uh, but despite having a terrible checkpoint system, it's surprisingly decent, and it, it actually stacks up kind of favorably against Mario Land in, in a number of categories. Uh, sound, sound, obviously, Mario, Mario Land takes it. It had some interesting, some really cool tracks on that. Uh, but Psychic World, you know, it's in color. It was pretty. It definitely looked a lot prettier than uh, Super Mario Land. The uh, you you controlled this girl, and she would she could jump and she could shoot kind of like psychic bullets that would never really uh, they wouldn't go very far, but you could kind of just mash on it and they they'd keep shooting rapid fire. Uh, you also would run a whole lot faster when you held the button down. So you'd, you'd walk for a little bit, and then you'd just start speeding across the level. And it, it felt kind of anime and cool, uh, and you didn't have to hold an extra button uh, like you did in Super Mario Land. Although yeah. that, that did kind of make it a little wonky in that I'm trying to just walk over to something, and then, oh, I, I hit the threshold, and now I'm running, and I just mm-hmm. completely passed it. But it was it was simple. But it had some cool things. It had some upgrade features where it kind of felt a little bit like a shmup uh, in that you could upgrade your, your psychic powers. And the platforming honestly wasn't that bad. You had a health bar, so you actually could take a little bit, take a few more hits. Um, it's not a good game. It's not a classic. Uh, but it was, for the Game Gear, and for a launch game on the Game Gear, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I like Psychic World, and it's it's kind of anime-inspired. Uh, I think the story is that there are these two kind of psychic girls, and one of them gets kidnapped, so the other one is going after her, and that's that's the story. 
but it had a it had a nice little animated cutscene that happened at the beginning of the game to show you that scene, and that that again is kind of that showpiece that you show your friends and you go, your Game Boy can't do that, and, <laughs> and then once your Game Gear dies, your friend would go, well, uh, your Game Gear can't. Uh, hey, play I'm still games playing over here. Man. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Psychic World, if you if you have a Game Gear. Uh, that would be one I'd, I'd suggest to, to grab just as kind of an interesting novelty. If you can find it. Game Gear yeah. games are kind of rare. I've, I haven't... I think I saw Sonic Spinball once as a Game Gear oh, game <laughs> on a shelf. I mean, I, I've seen games when I would go over to my friends' places who'd have them, but mm. I can't really remember ever seeing Game Gear games in a large capacity in any, sort, in any stores. No. Ever. I mean, I only remember the days of Toys R Us and those uh, uh, little... Flip the cards and the plastic uh, sleeves. Right. The giant wall. Uh, the Game Gear also had this game called Revenge of Dran- Drancon, which I don't think that has anything to do with Gates of Zendokan from the <laughs> from the Lynx era. But uh, Revenge of Drancon was also a platformer. Uh, it's Wonder Boy. Is it? Yes, no. it is basically uh, that rock paper scissors Wonder Boy. Okay, uh, I think that's Wonder Boy, right? I couldn't tell you. I don't know anything uh, about the Wonder Boy. They're they're a strange platformer kind of Sega game, and uh, never really ever played them. I've seen them played. It's they're interesting, uh, but yeah, this was basically Wonder Boy Wonder Boy on the Game Gear. Yeah, it's a it's a side scroller, um, side scrolling platformer. Uh, the the weird thing to me was that you could get there was a power up that gave you a skateboard because, I mean you, I thought you kind your character kind of looked like a caveman. Maybe I was just looking at it wrong. But you're uh, so you're thinking like Adventure Island <laughs> a, a little bit, and it's like yeah. you're gathering fruit and you're you get. I, I couldn't tell if they were bones or mushrooms or what the hell they were, but then you'd throw those at snails. And it it kind of had a flow to it. It almost felt it almost felt like somebody said, "Hey, you know that Sonic game? Let's try to make something similar to that on on this handheld system because there there is a distinct lack of Sonic on this uh, Game Gear launch lineup." Uh, but it had some speed to it. And another uh, one of these power ups was a skateboard, and you'd just start kind of flying through these levels. And and there was definitely some some rhythm that went into it. It's not a good game, but it it had some weird craziness to it that that made it kind of interesting. Mm. And then the last one uh, is Super Monaco GP, which um, is basically pole position. That kind yeah. of a that, F1 racer, right? That kind of like an old racing game where the turns would come really quickly, and you'd probably screw up and then run into a sign and. Uh, in this game, you don't explode. You would just, they would just take your speed down to zero and dump <laughs> you back on the track, and then you'd keep going. Um, but, yeah, I, I I never enjoyed pole position or kind of any of those games. Never? No. Not even, uh, oh, uh, was it OutRun? I, I played a little bit of OutRun, but no, I, I never got the hang of those games. Mm. Uh, I, I hated the turns. I always just hated the turns. I thought it was really cool speeding by people on straightaways, and I mean, there's there's not much of a game to that, but that that was always cool. And then you get to the turns, and I flip over or explode or something, and go, "Yep, this is 
This is not fun. This is not what I signed up for. That's on me. <laughs> but they're tough games. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's Paul's position. I mean, what else can you say? Right. Played in the arcade. So that's the Game Gear. Uh, When we go over this, it had uh, three platformers, none of which were were really amazing. Psychic World, I think, is cool. Uh, It had the kind of air battle-y thing with G-Lock. It had a puzzle game in columns that if Tetris wasn't around, I'd probably say, you know, that's a cool game. Uh, But unfortunately for them, Tetris is a thing. Uh, and then Super Monaco, which, you know, it's, I, I guess it's your racer, if, yeah. if that's what you want to call it. Uh, Can't have a launch lineup these days without a racer in it. Yeah, definitely. Drive Club, man. <laughs> um, Forza. Yeah, Forza is a good game. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Matt, let me get your uh, opinion on this. Do you count the Virtual Boy as a handheld Nintendo game, or a handheld uh, Nintendo it's... system? It's such a weird, weird system. I don't know how to classify it, because you can't... I really wanted a Virtual Boy when it first came out, just because I thought it was so cool. Like, oh, man, it's a visor. And yeah. Like, yeah, it's in red and black, but, man, that'd be so cool playing the backseat of my car. And I... It didn't run off of batteries, did it? I don't think so. I, I think yeah. you had to plug it in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I don't think you can consider it a handheld. It's a portable system, somewhat. Uh, But, yeah, I'd say it's just its own weird little thing. Yeah, it is is very tough to classify. They they put boy in the title, so obviously you're trying to cash in on a little bit of that Game Boy Boy, uh, title uh, marketing speak. Um, But, yeah, it... It definitely had the downgrades that Game Boy games would also have to get as well. I mean, you're not getting a full console experience on a Virtual Boy. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, either way, it doesn't sound like either of us owned one. No. I mean, I played, I remember playing Mario Tennis at the demos and then Wario, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever it was. I don't know. I don't think it was Wario Land, but uh, Wario was cool on it. Yeah. Uh, It's that controller was just. A nightmare. Yeah, how was how was Mario's tennis? Yeah, I only from what I remember, it was it was a tennis where instead of like an overlay like on Super Tennis, you'd see from the top, uh, you were behind the character, mm. uh, and you play as like Mario or Yoshi, or, you know, any Nintendo characters, and uh, yeah, I'd say it was a, kind of a bit of a hassle because it was behind uh, the shoulder sure. view was you know, a little hard to get around playing it that way. Uh, but that was kind of the novelty because this was a 3D system. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And other than that, like, I kind of wanted to play Red Alarm, but that was never a demo unit. And uh, good luck trying to get a Virtual Boy <laughs> back in the day because once you once you play the demo, you're like, uh, you know what? Uh, I think I'm going to pass. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good. I mean, good luck getting a Virtual Boy now. Yeah, oh. yeah, that thing is a rarity. And then, you know, uh, like the Game Boy Micro, people like, like, oh, man, I really want to get a Virtual Boy now. Yeah. And partly for sake of collection, partly because you just want to say you have it. Right. I- I've gotten three in my Animal Crossing game, but that doesn't seem to count. <laughs> that doesn't count. Yeah. If I, if I get, <laughs> like, how many do I have to send in to Nintendo, my virtual ones, before they'll send me a real one? Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah. 
so, I mean, if we want to go over it, the launch lineup was Galactic Pinball, Mario's Tennis, Red Alarm, and Teleroboxer. Um, and I couldn't tell you how any of those games played. Matt Matt had that small experience with Mario's Tennis, uh, which doesn't sound like it takes the foundation that Tennis built from the Game Boy and built upon it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. So I, just, you know, it was its own thing. I, don't, I can't say to whether it was good or bad, but right. so yeah, it let's tried. Just, yeah, let's kind of skip over the, the Virtual Boy and get right into uh, something something somewhat good. Let's talk about the Game Boy Color. Go, Matt. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, you know, it was more of like an upgrade to the Game Boy, but since you had to, you know, there were certain games that you could only play on the Game Boy Color, it made sense to have a couple of launch games with it, you know, just to take, uh, like, if you played an old Game Boy game on the Game Boy Color, it wouldn't be a full color game. It'd be like, you know, simple couple palette swaps, like there'd be some presets that just made it look a little sharper and cleaner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was nice you didn't have this, like, blur effect behind you while playing the games uh, like a lot of earlier handheld systems had. Right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I don't really remember much about, because I didn't get a Game Boy Color until Link's Awakening DX came out. I feel that was the time to get a Game Boy Color, honestly. Yeah, I got my Game Boy Color... Uh, on a cruise ship with my family, uh, like my uh, big family, uh, my aunt got it for me. It was a Christmas gift, uh, and with it was a copy of Battleship for uh, Battleship. the Game Boy, the Game Boy <laughs> Color version of Battleship, which could also work on a Game Boy, uh, but it had like the dual functionality of yes, there were dual functionality games, right? That, you know, you could play on both. Battleship sucked. Um, we did it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't... Battleship as a board game is all right. I think that can be fun. Uh, Battleship against a computer. I, there might have been a two-player mode. I can't remember. It doesn't matter because the game was terrible. Seems very lame. It, it was functional, but boring as hell. I can't say much to the movie Battleship, but I'm <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, I can't speak to that either. Yeah. Um, but Battleship, uh, or Nor Link's Awakening, was a was a launch game for this. Oh. Uh, it had four... And you're right in that this is an upgrade. There's, there's Game Boy games coming all around, and the idea that you buy one of these and that all your Game Boy games are going to work on it. They didn't really have to do a whole lot. They just needed to put out some stuff that was in color. Um, so I feel like that kind of uh, is why this launch lineup feels half-assed. Uh, you have only four games... Uh, Tetris DX, which is just a color version of Tetris. I heard they changed the music in it too, which kind of miffed a bunch of people. That, when yeah, it came. that that would kill it. Why would yeah. you? Why would you mess with perfection? Um, and and honestly, I had no problem with monochrome Tetris. So that. But now, if you had a Game Boy Color, you could just grab that cart and it worked perfectly fine too. Yeah, sure. So I mean, Tetris DX doesn't really do anything for me at this point. Um, but, you know, it's, it's Tetris, and if you were just... If this was the first Tetris game you ever played, I'm sure you loved the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you'd played the original, it was probably a bit of a disappointment. Uh, game & Watch Gallery 2, which I guess is supposed to be the Mario game in this lineup. Um, it's not. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I've I've played some Game and Watch stuff in the past, and they're they're very simple games. And and going back and playing uh, Gallery Two, it's. I mean, you get your chef and you get your helmet, 
And yeah. uh, they're basic LED games, uh, the right. black and white ones. Yeah, you could play them in a classic mode, or they would have a modern mode that would have Nintendo characters in it that you were controlling Mario or Yoshi. Oh, interesting. Um, and and they would even try to add in an extra little uh, little game to it. So in Chef, uh, usually in the in the Mr. Game and Watch version, the classic version, uh, all you would need to do is just be in the right spot when the food was getting to the part where it would hit your pan, so you'd flip it up. Mm-hmm. So the idea was just get to it before it, it gets to this bottom part. Uh, but in the uh, the modern version, you're Princess Peach, and you are uh, flipping them up until these things are cooked. They would start out white, and then they would turn into uh, whatever color was kind of natural for them. So, like the well, or unnatural because the fish turned purple. It's whatever. But then Yoshi was also uh, lower on the screen, so you would have to flip them up enough times so they'd be done correctly, and then let them fall in the right spot so that Yoshi would eat them. Uh, you you could also overcook them, and you'd get less of a score when Yoshi ate it. And you could also feed them to him raw, uh, but that, again, would also be less of a score. So to get the best score, you wanted to cook it at the right uh, spot and then have mm. Yoshi eat it. But if food fell on the floor, because uh, you kind of also controlled Yoshi, he would always be behind, uh, behind and below the princess. So if you uh, change directions, not even if... if you didn't even have to move. Just if you changed directions, he would flip over on the other side of you. So there's actually a lot to keep in, keep uh, going in that game. Uh, but still, it, it, when it comes down to it, you play it two or three times, and you go, yep, I, I get this, and you, it's all about score, and it, there's not a whole lot to it. Yeah, so, it doesn't have that Tetris magic. Right. I mean, it, it's cool, and it's got yeah. Mario in it, but it's it's not... It's not what you wanted it to be. It, those games, when I looked at them in stores, they always looked really fun because it has all the Nintendo characters on it, and they look like they're having such a great time. I should this totally get guys. those. But then you play it, and it's like, oh, this is a mini game collection of, of Tiger Electronic-looking games, and this is, all right, whatever. Um, so that's Game & Watch Gallery 2. Uh, there was also a, a port of Centipede, which, I don't know. It's Centipede. It's yeah, I, I never played the Game Boy Color one, but I, you played Centipede. Right. The way to play Centipede is with a trackball. Yeah. Cape to me. And it definitely felt like it was missing something by not having the trackball. Um, it was also painful in that the Game Boy Color screen is is so small and, and narrow, so it didn't feel like mm-hmm. it didn't feel like an arcade cabinet. Uh, it didn't even. It wasn't even. It didn't have the TV aspect ratio on it. So when ga- when you played games like um, when Mario uh, Super Mario Brothers DX came out, um, like that, yeah, you had this weird scrolling aspect, right? And and it was a much narrower screen. It didn't feel like a TV because the aspect ratio was off. Mm-hmm. So, but it was still playable. It was. Like, it was. It just, was Mario on your game, like a full fledged Mario game on your Game Boy. Right, and that's awesome. But it just—it's not the optimal way to play. And no. and Centipede had the same problem of this just felt too narrow. And for a game where <laughs> it hinges on these aliens going from the side of the screen to the other side of the screen, having a narrower screen makes for a harder game. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it, it's not it's not the best way to play Centipede, that's for sure. And even though I mean, to have such a simplified game be the only thing on this cartridge uh, is is not a very appealing idea. Like, like Game and Watch Gallery too. For as simple as those games are, you get like five of them. So that's that's something. With Centipede, you only get Centipede, and there's only so much Centipede I can. Play. Yeah, and gotta keep in mind these games are what like thirty bucks. Yeah, when they they're, came they're out? still pretty expensive at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, for what they were. And then the last game was Pocket Bomberman, um, which was an uh, like it was really just a color upgrade to uh, the Game Boy version of Pocket Bomberman. Um, but really, Bomberman is a multiplayer game, and unless you have was this a four player? Like no, game, or no. is it just a two? This one is, it doesn't feel like Bomberman. It is a, doesn't at all. Huh? It's a side-scrolling platformer. Oh, no. Uh, Bomberman jumps, and you, you have to go up and around the screen. It's, it's actually kind of interesting in that it very much controls like Bomberman, in that the bombs all work the exact same. They, uh, they'll go out in the four different directions, and you can find the what is it, like a ghost or a fire thing? I, I never know what the hell those things look like. But that would increase the range of your of your bombs, and then you could get mm-hmm. the bomb upgrade to be able to lay down more bombs at once. Yeah, I'm so, looking at the box art for this game. Now I remember seeing this game, yeah. but, you know, never playing it. All that stuff was intact, but the idea was really just, it's a Bomberman maze, but now there's gravity to it. So instead of just walking up because it was a top-down view, now you have this side view, and you're actually jumping around and trying to destroy all the enemies in the same way. It's it's interesting, but it is totally doesn't feel like Bomberman. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a lot of uh, Bomberman GB, uh, which was which is literally just that is the way Bomberman plays, mm-hmm. um, but it was on a just a Game Boy, and that was fine. And he had, like, a little Indiana Jones hat and a whip, and that was cool. <laughs> in this game, he has, like, a sword and some armor, and it's weird. I, I didn't like it. It's it's not good. <laughs> I'll so, take your word on that. So, yeah, the Game Boy Color, uh, it's it's tough. Like we said, this is a system that was really more of just... It was, I, just, like, it was Nintendo's, like, first kind of... Well, uh, after the Game Boy Pocket, but mm-hmm. it was the first kind of upgrade... Yeah, I mean, it was a side. It almost felt like a sidestep, in that this really isn't a new generation of gaming. Uh, or but it was up. playing Game Boy games in color. That was the novelty. Yeah, and we and, eventually you know, we eventually got cool games. Like you'd get, um, you'd get a. What am I? Wario Land. Wario yeah. Land. Kirby's Tilt and Tumble. Um, Legend of Zelda: Oracle of Ages and Seasons. Oh yeah. Uh, we'd we'd get to some things that. Would they'd be enhanced games that could only work on the Game Boy Color, uh, but that was more that the games themselves were enhanced and had that extra. Um, they had the bigger boards on them and and were clear and had some stuff that bounced out so it couldn't be put in a in a, an original Game Boy. Uh, but they actually had a little bit more power on them because the Game Boy Color itself wasn't really any more powerful than a regular Game Boy, except it was a little bit more powerful. I mean, you could actually play get Super Mario Brothers on the Game Boy now this mm-hmm. time. You don't uh, think that was the cart, though? Um, it was a little bit to do with the cart, but you couldn't play that cart on a uh, Game that's Boy. That's true, yeah. 
Fair enough. If I recall correctly, there was just a little bit underneath the hood that just made it a little better. I mean, they had that IR wireless thing mm-hmm. that never worked. No, uh, never once. Yep. Uh, yeah, you had to be like just like two centimeters away from another Game Boy on a flat surface right. to get anything to transfer over and you know, just use your cable at that point. Yeah, and, and I mean, the point is that the Game Boy Color uh, kind of gets a pass in that it it doesn't. It didn't need to be a full new launch lineup of stuff. It just needed to show, hey, this thing does color now. And yeah, I mean, the best thing was it played all your old Game Boy games. Yeah, there you go. Um, so moving on, we have. Uh, uh, I mean, it, the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Did it really even get a U.S. launch? Um, you could find it in stores, yeah. but. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't huge. It was kind of like the Wonder Swan. You couldn't find it anywhere in the right. United States in, like, mass market. It would be, like, that one oddity in GameStop or EB Games or Funko Land or whatever was still around at the time that, oh, it's kind of like an import. Like, if you wanted to play Shenmue 2, yeah, it'd be at a premium. Um, the most thing I remember about the Neo Geo Pocket which I'm trying to, like, I have a friend who's going to sell it, and I'm going to try to buy it from Oh, him, but, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it was mainly for fighting games. Like, there was a lot of uh, SNK fighting games mm-hmm. that were really good, apparently, on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. And uh, also, it looked really good, too. Right. Uh, the one standout from this UK launch lineup, though, Metal Slug First Mission. Sure. It's Metal Slug. Metal Slug's an awesome, awesome game. That has sold uh, more Neo Geo uh, units than any other franchise, I am mm-hmm. positive. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah... Uh, Really, I can't say much to it. Yeah, neither can I. Um, so we're just kind of kind of pass it up for uh, what could be. I mean, it's definitely a contender for one of the the better ones here, and that's uh, that's the Game Boy Advance. Came out yeah. June eleventh of two thousand and one, and damn, it had a lot of launch games. Yeah, we want to quickly go through these. It's uh, yeah. It's a hefty I mean, before before we start. Uh, this this is kind of the time where I really became a gamer. Like I would play, I'd play my Game Boy. I love Pokemon, um, but <laughs> it was an issue of Pocket Gamer that uh, I just saw on on a magazine rack at a grocery store one time, and it yeah, had that it, it had Mario standing on top of the original purple Game Boy Advance, and I just. I don't know exactly why, other than, hey, I like games, let's get this, that I just felt like I needed it. And I paged through that magazine at least a half a million times. <laughs> and looked at, it had the whole launch lineup and write-ups on every single game, and I just, I fell in love. And I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted all of these games. Now, they're not all winners. In fact, most no. of them are very much not. But all of them seemed cool in this magazine, and that's I think when I really decided, like, yes, games. That is, that is what I want to do. Uh, that is what I love, and then handheld games specifically. Um, so yeah, let's let's kind of go through this list. We have Army Men Advance, which probably doesn't need a whole lot of talking about. No, was uh, that a top-down uh, Army Men game? I think it was isometric. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Castlevania: Circle of the Moon. Uh, Probably the standout game. Uh, Yeah, one of them. For me, it was. Definitely definitely one of the standouts. I still have not played a Castlevania game, which is one of 
my Ever? Dark, like, my Dark Secrets, yeah, I've, I've never played one. Never, like, the original Castlevania or any of the new uh, Metroidvania-type? The, the only one I've played for any amount of time is Lords of Shadow on my Xbox 360, and that does not count as a Castlevania game. Did you hear that? That's me banging my head. I assumed, desk. I assumed, because it, it, it wasn't a slow clap, I'm sure of that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't count it, so I just say I've never played a Castlevania game. I, I will I'm sure Lords point. of Shadow is a perfectly fine game. No, it's but not. But it's a pretty game. you need to get Symphony of the Night, man, I... But that's neither here nor there. I, I have a copy of Symphony of the Night because it came free in a code when you bought Lords of Shadow. Uh, why, so are you, why are we recording this? Just go and play that game right now. <laughs> it's on my 360. I can play it at any time. I just I haven't uh, done that yet. Well, anyway, I mean, so, yeah. just to briefly talk about Circle of the Moon, it was, uh, I, when I got my Game Boy Advance, I got, like, my birthday was a month after uh, the launch. And uh, I was doing uh, stuff up at uh, summer camp. Uh, for the whole summer. And uh, uh, the one weekend we had off, my mom came up. We celebrated my birthday with my friends, and she got me a Game Boy Advance and Castlevania Circle of the Moon. And my God, that game was, at the time, pretty much the only way to play Castlevania. Like There, there were Game Boy Castlevania games that were all right, mm-hmm. but Simon's this one... Simon's Quest. Uh, <laughs> no, that was that was NES. Uh, there was a different what? one. What? Uh, yeah, it was with uh, Sonya Belmont instead. Uh, Are you sure? I'm pretty sure Castlevania II Simon's Quest is a Game Boy game. No, I don't I don't think it is a Game Boy game. That is definitely an NES game. Well, I'm going to go check Wikipedia right now. Well, anyway, as you check Wikipedia uh, to prove me right, uh, Circle of the Moon had its problems. Like, everyone mentions the Game Boy Advance not having a backlit screen kind of broke the initial one before the SP, and, like, in some instances, there were, say, you know, a dark background with a dark purple uh, energy blast that would, you know, attack you. You could hardly ever see in low light. Uh, And this game was ridiculously hard. But it was uh, Metroidvania on a handheld. And uh, until, like, Aria Sorrow, or uh, Harmony of Dissonance and Aria Sorrow came out, this was... A great Castlevania game. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Then what's the the one I'm thinking of? You're probably thinking of, um, I forget the name, but it had the only female Belmont, uh, and it came out for uh, Game Boy. Okay, Castlevania the Adventure? I think so. I'm I'm not sure. Okay, Castlevania 2 Belmont's Revenge is the one I was thinking of. There we go. That's, That's why I'm screwed up. I knew it was Castlevania 2. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Well, now I That was more of a traditional Castlevania game. You know, get to the end of the level, fight the boss, and then right. go into the next level. This was, you know, map, uh, more of the style of Super Metroid. Go okay. around. Um, the unique thing about this was you collected cards, and uh, you mix and match. The drop on the cards was random, so good luck ever getting everything. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's just, you know, full-fledged. Uh, save room, Metroidvania, Castlevania game. Nice. Um, the next game we have is Choo Choo Rocket, uh, which, I mean, I, I respect Choo Choo Rocket. I think it is a cool-looking thing. Uh, it was always just way too intense for me. Yeah, would... and it's mostly a multiplayer game, too. Like, puzzle right. was nice, but... And you could, I'm pretty sure you could link up and play four-player. Oh, yeah. Um, and 
just how how often would that ever happen? I couldn't really say. Uh, but yeah, I know it wasn't even in the early 2000s, that was kind of a rarity. Yeah. So, uh, I still, it's a game I completely respect. I think the idea is cool. Uh, but I, I think if you want to play Choo Choo Rocket, playing it probably on a Dreamcast was, was a better bet. Mm. Um, Earthworm Jim? Never uh, played the Game Boy Advance version. Um, Earthworm Jim is one of my favorite games growing up mm-hmm. on the Super Nintendo, but I, I can't say much to the Game Boy Advance version. Yeah, neither can I. I never, I never played it either. Um, but I, I can I can imagine what that game would be. Mm. Same with uh, F Zero Maximum Velocity. Uh, I don't. I, I remember I had. Uh, I think I played this on an emulator once, and it just was a bad emulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I can assume it was like F Zero on the uh, Super Nintendo. So yeah, I, I played a, a little bit of it at a friend's place. Um, I I don't have a whole lot of experience with F Zero. Uh, I've never owned an F-Zero game. I've played them at, at friends' places. So I played the Super Nintendo game, and I played the Game Boy Advance game. And they, they seemed pretty comparable. Uh, it, it felt more like a proof of concept than it was than an amazing yeah. game. That, hey proof guys, of concept being you could get Super Nintendo-like games right. on a handheld. Which, at the time, even though there was two less buttons, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Yeah, and again, it's it's kind of that proof of concept thing that it's that uh, showpiece of hey, look at what my thing can do. It is cool, um, and and I think F Zero did a good job. It it was fast. It felt faster than any other game uh, on this list. And there are some other racing games on this list, so that's mm-hmm. that's impressive. Um, Fire Pro Wrestling. Now people swear by this game. I've never played a Fire Pro Wrestling game. I I had this. It was one of the it was one of the games I got at launch. Um, this was during my kind of phase where I really liked wrestling um, and watched. Yeah, I it. think I, this was the time I was into wrestling too, but but never I, really got into wrestling games. Right, and Fire Pro Wrestling just never never did it for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It seemed it seemed weird. Um, is two thousand one? So we already have Nintendo or Nintendo sixty four by now, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I've uh, I've played. You're almost in the GameCube era. Okay. Yeah. That's. Oh God. You're right. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so PS2 I. is out, man. I'd grown up on games like like WWF No Mercy and WCW NWO Revenge. And I remember trying WWF Thunder for the PlayStation. And just, I, 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 I couldn't understand that. those games. Like, there's a health bar, or a stamina <laughs> meter. Yeah. Try doing the Stone Cold Stunner, but Shane McMahon does it on me, and I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, every, pretty much every character who seemed generic and didn't really have some kind of super move would always just have a stunner, because that's that's the one that everyone thought was cool. So it just, uh, yeah, let's just put that in for everybody. Um, I loved uh, WCW NWO Revenge, and I think uh, No Mercy was an even better game. I, I, it's still... Yeah, the those best ones wrestling are game. Up. Yeah, like that one is is the best one ever, in my opinion. Um, still to this day. Uh, so I, I'd grown up on that kind of control scheme, and I was, I, I guess, I was assuming that I'd kind of get something similar with Fire Pro Wrestling, and you don't, you, you don't get that. It's an entirely different way of playing, and it had a control scheme that, even though it is two buttons, a D pad, and then two shoulders. 
I never understood how that game played and eventually just got fed up with it and sold it. Um, so I, I loved that it had a customization feature. You could make your own wrestler. And you mm-hmm. could make your own moves and do all that stuff. So more, yeah, more time. That's the big draw of the game. Yeah, more time was spent uh, just at me looking at the demo moves, like going through the move list and going, "Okay, that one looks cool, and let's see how it let's see how it plays." And like, "Oh yeah, that animation's awesome. I'll totally have this on my guy." But never being able to pull it off in the real game because I didn't know how to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fire Pro Wrestling. Gets a thumbs down for me, even though I'm sure it's really just my uh, young boy's stupidity when I was playing that game. Never played it. Next. <laughs> uh, next is GT Advanced Championship Racing. It's Never racing. played it. Yeah, I, I didn't either. It's a, it's a racing game. Uh, Iridian 3D. This one I heard was interesting, but didn't really play that well, if I remember reviews at the time. Is that like a defender style side scrolling shooter, or is that not like a side scroll? It's uh, more like Star Fox. Uh, oh, really? In the sense that it was somewhat 3D, not using polygons. It was this sort of, uh, or like uh, Afterburner uh-huh. is probably a better uh, example. Uh, not really using polygons, but using you know you depth of field kind of. Yeah, sprites that kind of felt like they had some shadows to them. Yeah, I just I heard it wasn't you know. It, it looked nice, but the uh, mechanics and just feel behind it just didn't really sell it. Uh, I keep seeing this at some some of the secondhand stores I go to. Uh, I might pick this up because I see it for like seven bucks or something like sure. that. So maybe one day when I have a little extra cash, it's another I'll be a little curiosity. It's a newer G Lock Air Battle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it should have been sold as. I mean, I saw previews for it, and I was like, oh, man, when the Game Boy Advance comes out, I'm going to be all over this game, because I love, uh, you know, space shooters and mm-hmm. things like that. But, you know, and you're a kid, and you can only choose one game, <laughs> and I was really into Symphony of the Night at the time. I'm like, oh, Castlevania, Castlevania, get me yeah, that one. Definitely. Uh, the next game I think is really interesting in that Konami found a, found like a weakness and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to jump on this. Mario Kart's really big. Uh, the, the Super <laughs> Nintendo game was was great. The 64 game was huge. Crash uh, Bandicoot was doing it at the time. Sure. Everybody's doing a kart racer. And yet, a Mario Kart game was not a launch game for, for the Game Boy Advance. So, you got you got Konami saying, hey, let's make one. Get, get the jump on this thing. So, they made Konami Crazy Racers, which very yeah. much was a Mario Kart-style game. Uh, I don't think I ever... I don't think I played it. I, I remember seeing this game, like, not, not actually being played, but, you know, the box and, you know, previews of it. I, I mean, it's got Goemon in it. Yeah. You, That's you probably like, the most recognizable like of all the characters on the box. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. It's probably just, like, another Mario uh, Mario Kart. Yeah, it, it very much was. Kind of game. And I... I can't speak to this uh, firsthand, but I would assume that this game had a shelf life until Mario Kart Super Circuit came out mm-hmm. and then promptly died, and no one ever yep. cared about it again. Um, yeah, it probably just went right to the bargain bin after that. But yeah, I just well well done by Konami to, to jump in on something that uh, they, they found a need that Nintendo wasn't filling. Because, I, I mean, a game like F-Zero Maximum Velocity and Konami Crazy Racers are two very different styles of racing games. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think there would be people who would go out and buy both for, for 
for whatever reasons. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, Namco Museum, which, you know, is, is ports of four, four games. You get your, your Dig Dug, your Miss Pac-Man, your uh, Pole Position. Or no, 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 more than, no Pole Position. Yes. Fuck. Galaga and Galaxian were in it. Okay, maybe I had five games. I think, I'm pretty sure Pole Position was in there too. Um, I, I owned this game. Uh, it was, it was a cheaper, ver- it was a cheaper game. And, uh, when my, when my dad bought the GBA for me and I got, uh, Fire Pro Wrestling and I think I also got, uh, Super Dodgeball Advance maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and, and he said, Hey, you know, this game's only, only 20 bucks. So yeah, let's throw in this one too. Um, so, I, I mean, I played Dig Dug and Miss Pac-Man and those things at arcades, so yeah. I was just fine getting this as well. Um, the big problem is that the game couldn't save leaderboards. Really? So, it had all the fun of the arcade except for the whole point of an arcade, which was getting the best score and being able to see your score up there and having your initials on there and saying, hey, I am better at this game than you. So, it kind of lacked a really important feature, but it was it was still fun, and the games were were pretty perfect ports. Because how do you screw that up? I mean, it had pole position, so it sucked. But um, <laughs> you know, the other games the pole position hated. <laughs> I, I never had a owned a Namco Museum game, but yeah, I always played these in the arcades. So it never felt like something like, oh, man, I really need to own this on the home console. Mm-hmm. It's just it's always been everywhere. So. It made it really obvious how much better Galaga was than Galaxian. Down yeah. just right next to each other. And you can play either one. And I go, well... Well, at the time I was playing Galaga on my TI-84. So, <laughs> calculator. That, yeah. That was the way to you know, play anything. <laughs> yes, that is yeah, the definitive version cool. of Galaga. That was a great version of Galaga. <laughs> Galaxian, Galaxian sucks. The only thing cool about Galaxian is that your ship kind of looks like the Enterprise. Kind of. <laughs> Everything else about that game is terrible. Uh, when when viewed in terms of, hey, there's this other game called Galaga out there, yeah, Galaxian just, yeah, terrible. Anyway. Whatever. Um, Pinobi Wings of Adventure. I wanted yeah. this game. I wanted this game so bad because, the again, going back to that Pocket Gamer magazine, that it, it just had, it had the pretty pictures and it looked cool and Pinobi looked like a like a badass he, he was it looked like an anime version of Buzz Bumble to me just in 2D obviously <laughs> yeah. but I don't think I've ever played this game though I, I didn't end up getting it and uh, I. I'm sure it was a harder one to find it doesn't seem like uh, something that would be everywhere no it seems like a very rarity today but. Yeah, so I couldn't couldn't tell you anything about it but I remember it looked cool and it was one of the prettier games uh, that came out on this system uh, at the at the launch anyway. Uh, Pitfall to Mine Adventure. I couldn't speak to it. Neither can I. I bet it's a slightly or pretty version of Pitfall. Which is a you know, classic game. Sure, yeah. Uh, Rayman Advance, which was absolutely the prettiest thing on this system at launch. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, it's the original Rayman game. But, yeah, and, and, and maybe ever. a very pretty game at the time, too. Yeah. It, it, this was, it had gorgeous sprites. Absolutely gorgeous sprites. Uh, I, I, clean. I I know I played a demo unit 
at a at like a Target or something, but it, I never owned it. Um, I only played the original Rayman for the PlayStation One. I think the only say so what you will about that game. I you know it, it looked amazing. The only the Rayman game I played is Origins on the Wii. Um, I should probably I don't well I think I played a Rabbids thing at one person's house sometime. I, I really need to get a uh, Rayman Origins. Yeah, it, it's it's good. Uh, I played the demo and uh, it looks great. Rayman Legends comes out really soon. Slash, yeah, maybe, maybe when I get out. a Wii U, I'll pick that game up. Yeah. Um, I know I'll get one of those at some point, but hey. <laughs> There's no Russian at any point right now. Yeah. Uh, ready to Rumble Boxing, round two. Only played the Dreamcast one. Yeah. I can't say much about I will promise you that the Game Boy Advance version is not like the the Dreamcast version. Mm. Uh, Super Dodgeball Advance. Now, I've heard things about this game. Yes! I love this game. I've played it for so long. Um, it is... They, they didn't have the license yet for Kunio-kun. Uh, they the developer I forgot the developer's name. They would actually get the license the next year, um, but they they still wanted to make this game and for the launch. So they changed the faces, they changed the art style, uh, but it is it's it's dodgeball, man. It's great. It's so crazy anime. There were uh, fifty different types of super throws. <laughs> in, in that, like, when you when you made a throw, the, the dodgeball could do all sorts of different things. So there would be, like, bounce shots that would uh, they would throw on the ground and then attack one of the enemy enemies. Uh, there'd be split shots where it would split into, like, seven different dodgeballs so it could hit this wide area. There'd be, like, a drunken one that would just kind of go around wherever. Uh, there were ones that just had mock speed. There, there was one that only one character could get, but there was there was one special move that was just random, and it would throw one of any of the other forty nine, and it just ah, this game was cool. You Sounds picked, like it had a lot of depth to it. It it really did. It was it was an interesting game. You you were on this team, and you could pick where your team was from at the beginning of the game, and then you'd play against the other different teams. So there'd be like a Chinese team and. I think there was like a Russian team. I'm sure there was, um, and it would get progressively harder. And I, I never, I don't think I ever beat the tournament, but I always loved that game. That was so cool. It had such a great art style, and and when you made the super throws, things would kind of go in slow motion for a second, and there would be flashes of light. And damn, did I love Super Dodgeball Advance! <laughs> good game, good game, magic. Uh, we had uh, Super Mario Advance, which... Yep. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. It is, yeah. With uh, a few little other things. Right. It had, Giant power blocks, if I, if I remember. Yeah, it had the... It didn't also have a version of uh, Mario Brothers on it, the arcade game? Uh, oh, the old uh, uh, versus mode. Right. I know most Super of them... Mario 3, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I know most of them ended up with it. I couldn't I remember if the advanced version did. Um, or the first Mario Advance did. I know future Mario Advance games would all have them. Mm. But, uh, yeah, this... It's not its not a new Mario game. And no, it was... It's the start, sort of the start of... Uh, well, since Mario, Super Mario Brothers DX, of... Uh, or even Donkey Kong on the Game Boy. Right. Uh, of re-releasing old Nintendo games, but adding just a little bit to it, or a lot. And this one felt like, oh... It's Mario Brothers 2, 
Yeah, it's still a good game. Though it depends on who you ask. Uh, yeah, I, I think Super Mario Brothers 2 gets a bad rap. I I love Super Mario Brothers 2. I do too, but you know, it's it's a different game. It's yeah, it's also very shorter. It's a lot shorter and eh, a little bit easier than the original Mario mm-hmm. or even Mario Three. Uh, yeah, I remember my sister, youngest sister, got a Game Boy Advance one year, and she got this game too. Would never let me play it, but I'd sneak in, you know, I'd sneak a play in or two. And, uh, you know, this wasn't a bad game. It was the first time you could play Super Mario Brothers 2 on the go. Yeah. Uh, which, at the time, was, you know, a novelty to, under to itself. But, uh, yeah, what else is there to say other than another few little uh, updates to it? Super Mario Brothers 2. Right. I, I they, they would definitely go back to this well. They would make a Super Mario Advance 2, which was... Super Mario Brothers three, um, and then I think they just they just kept doing it. There was yeah. Advance Advance three was World, I think. Yeah. And, and did Advance, they, four, Advance was, four was Yoshi's Island. Yeah, I believe so. I know I know that I had they, all they those games. I just can't remember which Advance one was which. Yeah, it just it was all fucking. Part for the course for Nintendo. Just screw up names, make it all confusing. <laughs> Actually, they. Yoshi's Island might have been released first. Maybe that was three, and then World was four. I don't. Yeah, yeah. It was. I just remember it being ridiculous that I would Damn think this is the second game, but it's it's. Wait, no, this is the third game, but it has a two. Fuck. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Always be confusing. Let's but, get to the the final launch game. Yeah. We, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Yeah, I had a whole episode dedicated to this. And when I say a whole episode, I mean I talked for 20 minutes by myself. Uh, <laughs> and I learned... bought this game from a friend, too. Oh, did you? Yeah, but then I had to return it. Aww. I was like, oh, man, I need money, and I have to ask <laughs> for my money back because I, I shouldn't have bought these games from them. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it was isometric Tony Hawk Pro Skater. It was good. It was good for, you know, for what it was. I don't even think you need to qualify it. It was good. Uh, okay. it, this is easily the most played. Like, for as much Super Dodgeball Advance as I played, this was easily the most played game of the GBA launch for me. I I think it, it's a night and day difference from, like, the previous uh, portable uh, Tony Hawk games. If you tried to play uh, Tony Hawk, or even they made a version of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 for the Game Boy Color... They're awful. They are. Yeah. Uh, they are two D. You would just kind of be on. Like, there, I think there would be like a vert course and a street course, and the street course was just like, a side scroller, and the the vert course was just the single screen where you'd go up and down the vert ramp, and it, they would look awful. They played awful. It was bad. But this. It worked. It was it was good. You could pull off the the special moves. You could. It had Spider Man in it, like it did in the in oh, the. Oh, it. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, it would. I mean, it was a really low polygon looking, uh, like red and blue smear. But it was <laughs> Spider Man. He yeah, did. Yeah. He did like his web stuff for his super moves, uh, and they didn't really look that good either because it's a Game Boy Advance. But it worked. I would always pick Rune Glyphberg because he was the one who did the Christairs, and it had the. I mean, it didn't have as many levels, obviously, as the as the console versions. But the ones it did have, it recreated pretty damn well. It had the uh, the hanger, 
was the one I would always play. I think that was the beginning stage, but it had the it had the secret area of the hangar, and you did the same things you would do in the in the console version uh, to open it. I think you had to grind on a on a specific propeller somewhere, yeah. and so you open up the spot that had um, you opened up like the secret vert spot that was always great. The game worked. It was. It did work. I mean, what I've played of it, you know, like I said, it's serviceable for a handheld game. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, the full 3D Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, which was, that that, that was a really, really uh, full-featured game. Right. I've actually never played uh, Pro Skater 2 properly. I've only played mm-hmm. the Game Boy Advance version. Like, I, I had a story for a long time that, I had I I had each Tony Hawk game on a different console, mm-hmm. so I had the Nintendo sixty four version of of the first one, the Game Boy Advance version of the second one, the GameCube version of the third one, the Xbox version of the fourth one, and then I also got the Xbox version of Underground, and that's <laughs> that's where things Damn, screwed up. That's a lot of Tony Hawk. I only other than this one and playing Pro Skater two at friend's house, I only ever played the demo of one and two. Really. That was real, like really the Pizza Hut demo for one on the PlayStation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would play that over and over and over until Superman was stuck in my head forever. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, man, it was a great idea that they limited the demo play on the re-release last year for Xbox and play PSN. Because <laughs> damn, I would never have bought the full featured game. Yeah, never did either. <laughs> I don't know. I just. I Played that game until my eyes bled. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I, up and down, Game Boy Advance had a had a pretty good launch. It had a really good racing game in F Zero. It had a halfway okay racing game in Konami Crazy Racers. A puzzle game out of Choo Choo Rocket that was serviceable. Uh, it had the classics out of Namco Museum, and it had a Mario game, even though it wasn't really a Mario game in Super Mario, or like, it wasn't a new Mario game. In Super Mario Advance, uh, it had really cool showpieces like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 and Rayman. Uh, Rayman and Advance. Castlevania. Castlevania as well. Um, so it had some good stuff. It had some stinkers, but it also had uh, some really cool yeah, things well, in there. I'd probably say it probably was a 50-50 kind of launch. Yeah, but but the 50 that was good was... Like, if you picked one up, good. there was enough there that, as opposed to launch launches today handheld or console or otherwise there was enough there mm-hmm. to justify getting a the Game Boy Advance. Aiden, I, I can put it this way. I think this might uh, tell you something about the Game Boy Advance launch lineup is that for for this kind of a handheld that had such an amazing lineup of games over its history, it had it had a ton of games that came out for it and a lot of Man, really, so really many. good ones too. There, there are some games in here. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 specifically, and I think Super Dodgeball Advance kind of sneaks up there somewhere. But that, they might still be in my top ten of Game Boy Advance games ever. Mm-hmm. And these are the ones that launched with the system. How often do you get... You very, you very rarely get really yeah. great launch games. Aside from, like, Mario 64 and Halo sure. and uh, Rogue Squadron 2. Mm-hmm. You really don't. Yeah, it is. It is a rarity, Tetris, and when you get yeah, one, Tetris. well, yeah, <laughs> that, that's the exception, really. When that's, you get yeah. one, they're they're very they're incredibly special, and mm-hmm. I think the Game Boy Advance had some 
really solid games when it launched. Yeah. Uh, how many more we got? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got, like, we got a, yeah, we might need to speed this up a little bit. Um, Let's you, briefly, yeah, Engage. Um, you, yeah, you talked about Engage. What, what do you... What experience at all do you have any with the uh, Engage here? Demo units, specifically <laughs> Pandemonium, which, you know, I to say about the Engage, just, I thought we learned from the Intellivision that putting a number pad on a, on a controller <laughs> is not a good idea. Granted, this was the first uh, game feature, like, like a full game feature cell phone right. that wasn't like Snake or... Uh, very wonky, janky, uh, simple breakout clones Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, Pandemonium was a kind of like a platformer where you just went around collecting little jewels. Uh, I specifically remember you being like a sort of like a a, uh, Harley Quinn kind of Joker character. And it was slow. It was like, my God. So I really... I can't say how well any of the other games, like Super Monkey Ball, Tomb Raider, Scion, or Sonic N was. Right. If there's Tony one Ox thing... Pro Skater or Puyo Pop. Yeah, if there's one thing I can give it, it's it had name recognition here. Yeah. You throw in a Tomb Raider game, you throw in a Sonic game, you throw in Tony Hawk. Those are things that are going to get people's attention name-wise. Uh, just the system itself was But not when good. you have to take out the battery to put in a game, that's, you've lost me. Yeah, that's, so, I, that's so bad. The phone just looked like an ugly taco until they had that. A a nice redesign, but still. This was, like, right before the uh, smartphone became a thing. Right. And uh, shortly after that, apps became a thing, too. You know, this was just felt antiquated the moment it came out. Sure. Yeah, which was was October 7th of 2003, if anybody really cares. They, yeah, they didn't I, really know how to market it. Was the phone? Was the handheld? Would we sell this? We'll try GameStop. We'll try AT and T or wherever they were, you know, whoever had the carrier for this. Just, yeah, yeah. Let's just move on. Yeah, I never had an engage, and I probably never will. Um, no. Nope. Wow. Uh, yeah, moving on uh, to the Nintendo DS that came out November twenty mm-hmm. first of two thousand four. Yeah, I remember this launch. Yeah. It was. I, I hesitate to say okay, because <laughs> the Nintendo DS didn't really explode until, like, Mario Kart and Kirby's Canvas Curse came out. For the hardcore, at least. And then it didn't really explode until Nintendogs and Brain Training and Brain Yeah, Age. yeah. And that's when it really became big. But yeah, so oh, yeah. I, I, this is kind of interesting in that we actually got it before Japan did. Japan had to wait mm-hmm. another month. Or not a month. They had to wait, like, a couple weeks. And do you um, remember, like, a year after the uh, DS launched, like, Japan had run out of them, and they were importing them from the United States that, into yeah, Japan? Yeah, that's, that's incredible. That was insane. It was just, you don't see that today mm-hmm. at all. Well, you also don't see it because most of these things get region locked nowadays, but... Yeah, and it was also, it was nice because it was, uh, unre- you know, there wasn't any region lock on yeah, this thing, too. Definitely. That was... Um, so let's let's go through these games pretty quickly here. Uh, there really aren't that many to talk about. Uh, Super Mario 64 DS is probably the biggest one. Yeah, the, the fact that you could get Mario 64 on a handheld. Yep. Um, not not exactly Mario 64 from its original release. That was pretty. Mm-hmm. That was quite the feat. Although yeah. you didn't have the analog stick, you had to use that 
uh, little thumb thing, uh, the little plastic thing to use the touch screen <laughs> to move around. Um, yeah. Also, you could play as Mario, Luigi, Wario, and Yoshi. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some touch screen mini games that were tacked on. Um, but really, the whole novelty of it was Mario 64 on the DS. Right. And I would hesitate to say this was the best way to play Mario 64. Definitely not. It, I mean, it, it tried some different things. You It changed up the story of Mario 64. You started as Yoshi, and then you had to go find the other, uh, the other uh, uh, characters. Uh, it controlled pretty decently, but again, like it is not the optimal way of playing yeah. that game. Uh, but still, again, showpiece, proof of concept, hey, we got a Nintendo 64 experience to be shrunk down onto a onto a handheld system. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's see, Asphalt Urban GT. It's a racing game. <laughs> yeah, was it Ubisoft that put this one out? Maybe. No, Game Loft. Oh, okay. Uh, the Herbs Sims in the City. Uh, no, not going to help. Nope. Uh, Feel the Magic XYXX. Now, this was probably the standout one. <laughs> but it was basically a bunch of minigames. Yeah. Like, people were like, oh, well, how's touchscreen and dual screen gaming going to work? And uh, Nintendo's like, well, we got this game right here. Um, yeah. It was kind of like a dating sim. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's weird. You, all the characters were these silhouettes. And it really felt like... Hey, WarioWare Touched isn't going to be here yet. We're, we don't have that ready for launch. So come out with something different. Yeah. <laughs> Just it throw something out there. You know, a, uh, well, I thought it was a good effort. I never <laughs> bought it. I never rushed out to get a DS to get it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there's a little, like, if you can, I'm going to see if I can find it. And uh, I'm sure it's cheap today unless mm-hmm. it's a, very rare to find. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you can find it for mm. super cheap. Yeah, wasn't there a sequel, uh, Rabbit something, Magic Rabbits or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you're yeah. totally right. I forgot Rub Rabbits. Yeah. Rub Rabbits. Yeah. The, yeah, I, I, people bought, I'm sure people bought it thinking that this is the closest thing they can get to something like a WarioWare game. Yeah. Because uh, those were super popular when you had micro... Mega Micro Games and, and yeah, Twisted. but this was more like it had a story behind it, kind of, and it had the craziness of a Wario game. Like, mm-hmm. you swallowed goldfish, I remember, and you had to get them <laughs> out of the guy's stomach. Weird game. Very I, I like I liked the art style, though. I liked the silhouetted people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never ended up playing it. It was just too, it was too weird and didn't feel fully fleshed out enough. Uh, I didn't play Spider-Man 2. Uh, no, I know that no, a lot no. of people love Spider-Man 2, console version, anyway. Like, I, I remember people saying that was amazing. Uh, yeah. But I would imagine that Spider-Man 2 for the DS is slightly compromised in, in a number of ways. Madden NFL 2005. I'm not a big sports guy, so... Not, neither am I, and I'm certainly not uh, a handheld sports guy, uh, despite what I said about tennis and baseball up in mm-hmm. the Game Boy era. But those were very, very different from... I'll, I'll stick to golf games. That, that's more of my jam Yeah, for video game, sports games. And then the uh, Metroid Prime Hunters First Hunt demo. Uh, this was... I, I, you know, I played... Uh, I played the demo. It's... It's all right. 
<laughs> more more uh, shooty, I guess, than uh, the original Metroid Prime. But it the frame rate just kind of kind of didn't sell me on it. Yeah, it, and this game, Metroid Prime Hunters, wouldn't come out for another. I'm pretty sure two years. Maybe like a year and a half. But. I think it was a year and a half, yeah. It took its, it took its time. I remember it getting panned at like E3 mm-hmm. uh, infamously in EGM one year. And, uh, yeah, I think they just went back to the drawing board after that. Definitely. And I, and I think it was to the game's credit uh, because the, the final game I actually really like. Uh, I think the multiplayer on it was really pretty good. Really? Um, the story the story wasn't so great. Um I, I kind of stopped when they wanted me to go back to a previous planet. Um, and I, understanding that that's kind of what Metroid should be about, is going back and exploring places that you've been before. Uh, but it's yeah. still... I, I felt like I had done everything in that game that I wanted to. And I can't quite remember if you had to unlock the other multiplayer bounty hunters or not. I think you had to do it through the single player. So I think once I got all of those guys... Yeah, I just played this is a game from 2004. That was that was the style at the time. Yeah, but I just played bot matches. You could play bot match multiplayer, and it also had online multiplayer, which worked mm-hmm. and voice. pretty decently. Yeah, it had voice in it. That was insane that Nintendo put something out like that. Okay, anyway, Metroid Prime Hunters first hunt I mean, demo. It was, it was nice that you could play a first person shooter mm-hmm. on a uh, handheld with the touchscreen, and it kind of worked. Right, but it was always kind of just it was hard to hold in one hand and you know, position, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. I, I ended up playing a lot of the final version of the, a lot of the final version of the game, um, and <laughs> my hand hated me uh, for it, but uh, I didn't get a DS right when it came out. I didn't see anything on it that I, I absolutely until needed. Mario Kart Bundle came out. Uh, I waited until Meteos came out. So I, I played a lot of Meteos, uh, and I played a lot of Advance Wars Dual Strike, and then I played a lot of Metroid Prime Hunters until until other games came out. Like I need to get Advance Wars. Yeah, Advance Wars Dual Strike is my favorite in the entire series. Mm. Um, I, we mentioned I mentioned this I think when um, I'm sure I mentioned it when I had the Advance Wars episode with Jeff Jeff yeah. Grubb. Um, but yeah, the Dual Strike version it was complex. It had a bunch of features that were thrown on top of it. I, it shouldn't be your first Advance Wars game. You should go back and play the original. Um, but if maybe you, if Nintendo released these on the eShop, oh but God, they should taking their sweet damn time. Man. I, I'm really sad that Advance Wars wasn't the ambassador game um, for the 3DS. Uh, that it was a Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem Sacred Stones instead, because I think Advance Wars resonated with more people. Um, but that's a that's an ambassador program thing mm. that most people don't even have any uh, problem with that. Anyway. Um, moving on, so I, I think the Nintendo DS had, it had Super Mario 64 and a demo, and that was the only things that I was super excited about. Yeah, it was a subpar launch. Yeah, not, not great. And, People but, were worried about the DS, like, oh man, should just released a new Game Boy, and then, well, you know. Yeah, but history would, says the rest. It would eventually, like the DS would eventually become one of the most popular yeah. systems ever, and would yeah. have some really incredible games on it. But you wouldn't tell that you couldn't tell that from the launch lineup. Nope. Moving on to uh, uh, not too much farther in the future, we have March twenty fourth to March twenty fourth two thousand five. 
the U.S. launch of the PlayStation Portable, the PSP. Yep. And uh, it kind of like uh, it, it tried to bring out the quality. No, it just tried to bring out the quantity. It didn't have too yeah. much quality to it. Well, let's see. I mean, we'll go over the one standout game, but <laughs> well, the one I mean, the one standout's Luminous. Yeah. Now I never really had time to play a you know Luminous full fledged, but yeah, mm-hmm. it it seems like a game that would be perfect for a handheld game. Yeah, absolutely. Made by made by the same people who made Meteos, mm-hmm. uh, and I. Uh, this is still in my staunch. I'm a Nintendo fan. Fuck Sony. Period. Uh, so I I didn't own a PlayStation Portable until very late in its life cycle. Yeah, I, a friend of my uh, my sister's boyfriend just picked one up, and uh, he's been finding you know cheap uh, PSP UMDs all over the place. Yeah. Uh, sure they're all and, you know, it is a very nice piece of tech, mm-hmm. but the problem with the PSP was every developer was like, oh, we'll just make console experiences on the handheld. Right. And it really wasn't kind of, it shouldn't have been designed for that. It's unfortunate. Right. And and when you look at down this launch lineup, it started out that way. It, that yeah. People were just kind of saying, let's shoehorn our console experience onto this. So you have... Ape Escape on the Loose, uh, Darkstalkers Chronicles, The Chaos Tower, Dynasty Warriors, Gretzky NHL, um, an NBA game, Need for Speed Underground Rivals, NFL Street 2, Ridge Racer, because, you know, it's a PlayStation, so of course... It's Ridge Racer. Racer. Uh, Spider-Man 2, Tony Hawk's Underground 2 Remix, Twisted Metal Head-On, Wipeout Pure... Uh, World Tour Soccer Challenge Edition. Like the, all of those are more or less console experiences that have been shoehorned on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know anything about Untold Legends: Brotherhood of the Blade, um, so I couldn't speak to that. Um, Metal Gear Acid, though, was, was that was a, a weird game. That was a that weird was game, and it understood. Eight. It understood at least at the time that you know we can't make a Metal Gear game that feels like Metal Gear. Um, with with the time and technology that we have at the moment. And so they made something new and interesting, which is mm-hmm. what handheld games kind of should do. Um, and What are we going to do? Make it a card game. Yeah, and I I really want to go and play Acid because it has, it has some interesting mechanics to it, uh, and it, it looks kind of cool. Do you think there was one person about the game and was like, man, not what I was expecting? I'm absolutely sure there were many people who bought Metal Gear Acid thinking... Yeah, Metal Gear game, and they went cards. Fuck this, <laughs> and immediately returned it. I'm, I'm yeah. sure GameStop had tons of used copies of that. Mm-hmm. From what I heard, it was prob- I heard it was an interesting game mm-hmm. that if you gave it a chance, uh, you'd find something really good about it. And I think Acid Two, they they did end up making yeah, a with the three D uh, viewfinder. Yeah, but Acid Two really did refine uh, some stuff for that game as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely say out of this launch, Luminous and probably Wipeout Pure were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I played some Wipeout. I think even though Wipeout was again trying to kind of shoehorn that console experience, it was one of the better ones. Uh, it was one of the easier ones that could work on this kind of a system. Uh, so Wipeout Pure, Pure was yeah. a good game. Uh, Luminous is, of course, is a good game. Uh, but the other problem with the PSP though is load times. Yes. 
which you really never, ever want on a handheld. Definitely not. If, like, if I only have five minutes to play, I don't want two minutes of that time to be yeah. taken up with load time. And so. some of these games, like, I, I can't speak for many of these games, but I heard Luminous didn't have horrendous load times. Uh, but other of the, you know, some of the other ones that were more of, like, console uh, shrunk down console games. They were just, like Tony Hawk's Underground Underground Two Remix. I did play that uh, on a friend's PSP, and my God, I was waiting around <laughs> for like five minutes just so the intro level could that's, load after the terrible. first cutscene. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, you and me, uh, just in classic Sony fashion. Oh, we got to make a new proprietary system for our, you know, our own uh, software, our own hardware. Right. Uh, so, you know, we got to ride that train. Hopefully it'll be a huge uh, market for it because then we'll, we'll have a giant piece of that pie. Yeah. But now we have so many UMD movies lying around. It's, it's a shame. <laughs> and they were so flimsy, too. Yeah. Yeah, UMDs. Gross. I don't... It's, it's hard to even look at my PSP anymore because it's just... I don't want to deal with that crap. Oh, but guys, you can have so many cool videos and high fidelity with these things. <laughs> well, now, now it's not such a big deal because carts are just you know can fit so much information on like a, a small cart nowadays. Right. Or you have just a downloaded, uh, you know, just digital versions of it. So I don't know if uh, Final Fantasy Dissidia or the sequel Duodecim is on the PSN store yet. Mm. But if it ever comes to the PSN, I can safely just throw away my PSP at this point. Because <laughs> the only the only two games that I really, really ever cared about for my PSP is is uh, the Final Fantasy City series, which I guess counts as two. Mm. Uh, which I could throw away the first one if I get the second one. And uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, which I now have on a number of other systems. Mm-hmm. And I, I have it on a Vita. I have it on my 360. I love the hell out of that game. I think it's a great game, regardless of the system. <laughs> yeah, I listened to that two and a half hour yeah. uh, episode. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Despite never playing the game and hearing <laughs> a lot, of it, I do want to go out and find it so I can play it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it was funny hearing about everyone talking about the PSP was going to eat Nintendo's lunch and just change the handheld gaming market. Yeah, um, and. For a time, people were thinking that. It was like, Luminous, 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 get that game. <laughs> and then it never really happened until uh, you could say the iPhone came out when the App Store launched. But Yeah. 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 Nintendo knows how to make handheld systems. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. <laughs> Except for the beginning of this, we were talking about the 2DS and how mm-hmm. kind of weird and crazy that was. But yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to the 3DS. Yeah. Uh, came out March 25, 25th, 2011. No, that was the European launch. Uh, two days later, March 27th, 2011. Yeah. yeah, I also got the feeling like game launches are now closer. You don't have to wait a year right. before between launches. Like, like, like the PS2 was almost a year between launches, between the J- Japan launch and the U.S. launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with like the Game Boy Advance. was all like a fairly long time. Yeah. Um, so when talking about the 3DS, uh, we can kind of skip over some of the preloaded software stuff like AR games and Face Raiders. Yeah. Uh, those those aren't really something. Uh, I think the Me Plaza stuff uh, and the Find Me uh, game, 
was was kind of cool, especially with the Street Pass stuff. Um, but again, I don't think that's enough to like really make much. They're neat little novelties, but you know. They're there, and then they're gone. Uh, so, so yeah, going over this list here, we have another Asphalt game, Asphalt 3D, uh, mm. which was another racer. Um, Bust-A-Move Universe, which mm. I, I assume it's very much like Bust-A-Move. Uh, Combat of Giants Dinosaurs 3D. I don't know anything about that what, game. What is this game? I don't know. It says <laughs> dinosaurs and combat and giants and 3D, and those all sound like good words, but I, knowing the 3DS launch... I don't think it was very good. The box art looks badass. <laughs> well, that that's a motherfucking like that. T-Rex, man. <laughs> uh, Lego Star Wars Three: The Clone Wars. I, what? It's Lego Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Madden NFL Football, which I played uh, when I was at Mizzou. Uh, there was Nintendo actually came and and brought a tent and put it in the middle of our uh, like little square and just had a bunch of 3DS demo units and had, like, a street team around saying, hey, come in and play a little bit. And at this time, I thought, oh, hey, I have a 3DS. Uh, Nobody ever street passes with me because I'm in still kind of the middle of nowhere, Missouri. Mm This will at least be a place where I can get some street pass, right? Apparently, all of their 3DSs had the street pass function off. Lame. uh, Which was incredibly lame. Um, but I still went in there and played uh, Steel Diver and Madden <laughs> NFL, um, and they they weren't good. <laughs> they they weren't very good at all. Uh, Madden specifically was pretty bad. Well, it's was it still the only Madden game you can get on the 3DS or any Nintendo console nowadays. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, Nintendo Dogs and Cats. There were actually three versions of this uh, that had the different different uh, breeds of dogs and cats that you could get. Um, I've never played a Nintendogs game. I, yeah, neither have I. They, they seem okay. It's not my thing. They seem like people would like them, yeah. I, I, I had a Tamagotchi once, and and it died. Um, I had a Hey You Pikachu. That thing lasted a lot. <laughs> and I even... Of course. Like we talked about Digimon. I even had, like, one of those... I, uh, they called like digivices. Is that, is oh, that what they're yeah, called? Those things. So yeah, I had one of those that had uh, like one of one of them on there, and it was basically just a Tamagotchi kind of Hey You Pikachu thing. Yeah. yeah my sister's got Tamagotchi everywhere. back in the day. I got Pokemon. The, the, the same day. That thing was actually really good though, um, because it it uh, the Digimon one. It it had some mini games that you could play at any time. Like there was times where I would play with Hey You Pikachu, and just it was like there's nothing more to do today. Leave me alone. And that's neither here nor there. Anyway, <laughs> um, Pilot Wings Resort, which uh, apparently was good for what it was, but it wasn't much. So I still need to get that game. I love Pilot Wings. The original, I, I, the N64, mm-hmm. uh, it still seems like a little too much in the price range. Yeah. Uh, it's still like 40 bucks. It's a pretty is, simple game. Uh, and yeah, it, it really doesn't seem as full fledged as a as a pilot wings kind of game should be. No, it was a and good uh, it was a good sense of the 3D though. I played it at a Best Buy, and I think of all of these uh, all of these launch lineup games, it was the one to say, "Look how cool a game like this can be in 3D." Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it had that going for it. It just really there's not much of a game there. 
Uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2011 3D. <laughs> Couldn't tell you anything about it. These uh, titles, man. Just yeah. Keep like, on hey, adding numbers. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's add a number and a letter and call it a day. Uh, speaking of, Rayman 3D. Yeah. Um, which which Rayman was this? Is this Rayman 2? This is Rayman 2. two. Which, uh, yeah, I never played Rayman 2, but I've heard it's like one of the best 3D platformers. Really? For its time. Uh, I know that this game, I remember reading that this game did it no favors. Uh, really? This, this was a pretty bad port of it. Yeah. Which is strange, because that came out on the N64 and the Dreamcast, even the PlayStation 1. Mm-hmm. And you would think, like, something the hardware, uh, where, like, on the original DS, you could have Super Mario 64. Right. But Rayman just doesn't make the trans- translation well? I guess not. Who knows? I guess not. I mean, the Game Boy Advance one looked amazing. <laughs> but that was the original one. I don't know. But yeah. Um, Ridge Racer 3D, which I think I think the racing games like this worked on the DS2 where it, the bottom screen was the... the uh, Steering wheel? Yeah, the steering wheel. <laughs> uh, I, that, that, that's just so lame. I'm I've sorry. never played any of, those, any of those games like that. Why, why don't we ever get like the, the uh, rear view mirror? That would be yeah. That would the be bombs, super like in like in uh, Mario Kart uh, for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I mean with with Mario Kart uh, in the the DS one and the 3DS one, you get the map, and that's also pretty helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that seems like that would make complete sense to even just put that on the top screen, so it would actually be where a rearview mirror would would look. Yeah, um, I, but what? Yeah, weird. Um, Samurai Warriors Chronicles. You know, I I like Dynasty Warriors games. Uh, it's it's not something I'm proud of, but I <laughs> they're, they're they're fun games. It's a game that I can just not think about and turn my yeah, brain off you just and just mash play. the buttons and you're like, oh man, I just blew through about like a uh, hundred guys in one blow. It's yeah, amazing. and there's something cool about that. Uh, the handheld ones have never been good. Oh, that's a they, shame. They've always had problems uh i think i can't remember samurai warriors chronicles i know I, I didn't play it um but it's I, i'm pretty sure people talked about bad frame rates and like th- those games already have really bad depths of fields uh because they just try to put so many guys on the screen at once uh and the, they just have a lot of trouble with any any other technical aspects other than mm-hmm. number of guys so when you try to knock that down to a portable system you can't have as many guys on the screen because of that and yeah. everything else suffers as well. Yeah, so. it seems to be that same thing with the PSP. We're trying to put full-fledged console experiences mm-hmm. on a handheld. That doesn't always work, though. Right. Um, Steel Diver kind of talked about it. It was a it was a pretty basic game. Uh, it, it worked for what it was, but it just wasn't a whole lot. Mm. Um, it, I, honestly, if they put Pilot Wings Resort and Steel Diver as, like, a double-pack thing... That and, would seem like a better deal. Right. I would, I would pay 40 bucks for something like that. Yeah, but. But, but separately, I just don't think they're worth it. Yeah. Super Monkey Ball 3D. Super Monkey Ball. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> at, this, at this point... Little yeah. monkeys and uh, hamster balls. And, yeah, in like, their life cycle at this point, it, this is old. We've, yeah. had, we've had a Dreamcast version. We've had portable versions before. Arcade versions. It, it was fun 10 years ago. Now... Right. Uh, Super Street Fighter 4 3D Edition... This was surprisingly, uh, you know, 
I'd say one of those consoles, the handheld things, that kind of actually works. It worked really well. I, I think it actually proved that fighting games on handhelds don't have to suck. Yeah, I mean, especially with that uh, the circle pad. It actually was playable. Right. Uh, maybe even a little better than using the uh, D-pad. Uh, yeah, I, I thought both options were were e- uh, equally viable. Uh, the the game the game itself ran really well. Uh, I didn't play online at all. I don't even think it had online. I don't know. I don't think so. But I'll I'll give Capcom this. They took advantage of all of the 3DS's capabilities better than Nintendo did at launch. Yeah. Uh, this game had Street Pass functionality. In that you would have um, a team of trophies. There was this trophy mode where you went in and you could um, you'd get um, points, money, whatever out of fighting in in the arcade mode or in exhibition mode. Uh, but you'd get these. You'd have this monetary system. I think it was coins, and you'd dump those into this kind of uh, uh, slot machine kind of thing, and you'd just get a trophy, a random trophy. That would be one of the characters, and there were different levels of trophies, uh, so you could get like a gold Akuma or um, or a Chun Li that would be uh, like a bronze Chun Li, and they would have different uh, stats to them: health and attack, and it might have just been health and attack, but mm-hmm. they would have different numbers to them. And so you'd pick; uh, I think you'd get five or six to a team. I think it was five, and. That was your team that you'd then street pass. So anytime that you street pass by somebody, your team of five trophies and their team of five trophies would fight each other without you having to do anything. And then you'd come back, you'd open up your your 3DS knowing that some street pass would happen, and you'd get to watch the fights. You could watch the fights even though they were really boring because they were trophies fighting each other and not actual fighters. Um, But you'd kind of get to see how your team did against the other team, and you'd get... I'm pretty sure you'd get more points for winning that, and you'd also get some rank, um, so you could kind of feel feel superior and say that you have the best Street Fighter team, uh, mm-hmm. Street Pass team. So it had that, and you could also use the coin feature, which still, no games use the coin feature. I, uh, very few Nintendo games yeah. even use the coin feature. All I've used them there for uh, the Street Pass, uh, like Find Me. Right, Find Me, or when the, I need uh, like to puzzle pieces, like, get Miyamoto back so I can whoop a the <laughs> monster and get you know a high level character. And then Animal Crossing New Leaf has uh, has uh, specific items that can be bought uh, with with play coins. Oh, uh, and that's and, all you need then. Right, those are your Nintendo. <laughs> those are the Nintendo items there. So you play you you can only pay, I think four. Four per day because each of them costs two, and you only can find two in the store each day. So you're not spending a bunch of play coins at all, but it's, it's something you can spend your play coins on. Uh, but you could also turn your play coins into Street Fighter coins, and then use those in the uh, in the trophy system. So you got to give it to Capcom; they actually use the functions of the 3DS in a somewhat decent manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did it first in a launch game. That's that's pretty and it awesome. looks really good too, like almost comparable to a console game yeah, too. It's... It looks good. It plays good, and I actually prefer playing it on my 3DS because I'm not really good at the execution of Street Fighter games. And you could lock, uh, you could lock moves 
onto the touch screen. And I think you'd get four moves. You could have four moves saved down there, and, and they could be supers or ultras or just uh, regular moves. Mm-hmm. And you could just tap those, and it would do them automatically. So it it broke the game in a sense because you'd have a charge character like Guile who'd need to uh, you'd need to be holding one direction uh, to be able to do like a, a lightning kick, and in this all you had to do is tap, and he'd yeah. just do the lightning kick no matter what with no charge. So it, it did break the game a little bit in that you could really just play a pretty unbeatable Guile that all you had to do was react to the enemy by doing a lightning kick. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, fighting games are, fighting game uh, players are notorious for how finicky cheap characters can be. Right, so, I mean, the balance was screwed up, so any anybody who's really into fighting games mm-hmm. was probably not a huge fan yeah. of, of this game. you won't game, see but... this one in uh, tournaments or anything <laughs> like that. But as somebody who, who liked Street Fighter, who was never good at the execution of it, still is not really good at the execution of it, I've gotten slightly better, um... It, it was great, and I loved mm-hmm. playing it. Um, so, and, and it, I, I played Street Fighter Two on my Game Boy Advance and hated it. I played Primal Rage on my Game Boy and hated Why it. Why did you do that? Because cause I wanted them, and I thought they were going to be great, and they just weren't. But this was the first one that made me think, "Wow, I, this can work. We can we can have this. This is a console kind of experience on." A handheld system. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. A fighting game, no less. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, that's much more than Street Fighter needs to be talked about. But it was yeah. one... We still have two more games to go yeah, It still was one of the very <laughs> few games on that system, that uh, that launch lineup, that was that was very good at all. Uh, the Sims 3, I, I don't know. Do you know. I've never actually played a Sims game at all. The first one, uh, you know, just to toy around, mm-hmm. torture my Sims sometimes, uh, can't say much about it. Right. I, I assume 3 is, is probably just a, a smaller version of what you would get from the PC. Mm-hmm. Probably a really or maybe it's a, you know, a little different, too. I can't sure. say I haven't played this yeah. one. So. I, neither have I. And then uh, the true best game out of the, the launch lineup, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Shadow Wars. have not played this game. But you I, need you, to. I've heard you say wax poetically about this one. It's amazing. I, I am so surprised that I would say a Tom Clancy game uh, would be my favorite game on a handheld system uh, even at any point in time. Uh, but it, it definitely was. It's, it's a game that if you like Advance Wars, if you like Fire Emblem, uh, it's very tactical. It's designed by the guy who, uh, who designed the original XCOM. Uh, Julian uh, Julian Gallup. Um, it's it's a really fantastic game. Um, it's got a story mode that I mean the story is not amazing, but the the campaign stuff they do is interesting. It has a challenge mode where uh, you get a, a pre set team and you have to uh, complete the challenges with it. Um, it doesn't have any sort of online. Or, uh, or playing against each other. I really wish it did because you can kind of spec your characters in different way going through the campaign. Mm-hmm. But once you're done with the campaign, you don't get to do anything with those characters anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's sad. And there's no level editor either, which I, I think would be really cool. That's something that made Advance Wars infinitely playable is that you could keep making different, different places and, and do some things with that. 
Um, I still hold out hope for a sequel. I very highly doubt we'll see it. Uh, the game actually was supposed to be ported to iPhone and iPad. I don't remember if it ever made it there. Um, I think at one time they were thinking of just trying to make it free-to-play. I have no idea how that would work either. Um, I don't think it ever came out. But it's a great game. And I know initially when it came out, the uh, developers were were really looking at the forums and really hearing people's feedback and and thinking of things to do for a sequel. I think enough time has passed, we're probably not going to get one, but... Fantastic game. People, anybody with a 3DS should absolutely buy it. It's super cheap now. I saw it in a GameStop uh, a week ago for seven, eight bucks. Really? Yeah. yeah I'll have to check and, this out. And if you're like a pro member, it was only like five or six. Mm. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I Fire Emblem Awakening is out right now, so that is the better game. Uh, I, I'm not going to profess that Shadow Wars is better than that, but. It is, it's a game that you should absolutely have, no matter if you have Fire Emblem or not. It's a fantastic game. I'll, I'll stop, I'll stop. Talking about it now, but another, great. another Shadow Wars raid, brought to you by Chase. Uh, and then last, uh, and not least, not least, it's a, it's not bad, uh, is the PlayStation Vita. Um, mm-hmm. February 22nd, 2012. Uh, we'll we'll go through these pretty quickly. I didn't own uh, my Vita until Sound Shapes uh, came out, and not even then. I had to go play Sound Shapes on a friend's PS3 and say, "Yep, this is this is what I want." And, yeah. and then I bought a Vita after that. Yeah, even with all the announcements, I'm still like, "Yeah, Vita, maybe I'll get it out one day." But it's definitely becoming more more viable now. There, there's lots of great stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll give that. I've now played Spelunky, and I think Spelunky is great. Um, I, I mean, I've played Spelunky on an, on Xbox and loved it, but now... Yeah, that's the thing. I can get a lot of these games. My old PC can still play these games that Definitely. are coming out for the Vita. I want something that really just, just screams, this is what the Vita was made for. Right, and it, it doesn't have that. It needs original games, and mm-hmm. all the games they're talking about now, even now, even at Gamescom, it is, uh, which was the last show that happened, um, it's this game, like, blah, blah, blah game is coming exclusively for the PlayStation Vita and the PlayStation 4. And and when you, when you say that, it, that's great. I'm glad that I can get that experience on both things, because if, if I have one or the other... You know, nobody's missing out, but still. But, I mean, four-year-old PCs can still play these games. I, I, sure. Where's the games that, you know, use the hardware? Yeah, and there just isn't a whole lot of that. Uh, Tearaway, I think, is the only one that, that mm-hmm. shows promise of being a truly original. You can only do this on a Vita, and that that's kind of the hope for that system. But most of it's just we're getting a lot of cool games, but they're, none of them are exclusive to Vita. Uh, and you're getting, uh, like, I, if I picked up a PS4, there really doesn't seem to be much of a need for a Vita at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sad, because the Vita is a really well-made machine that has a shit ton of potential. Mm-hmm. And it's Gorgeous screen of, on it, too. Oh, it's, yes. Amazing. Anyway, let's get through this list pretty quickly here. Blaze Blue, Continuum Shift Extend, um, which, you know, kind of, kind of in the same vein as Super Street Fighter 4 3D Edition. It's... It's a pretty good port of the uh, of the console version. Um, F1 2011, I don't know, racing game. 
Mm. So I'm sure it's pretty. Uh, Rayman Origins, which I've only played on a... Uh, I've played on the Wii, and then I played a demo version on the 3DS. Uh, I'm sure that on the Vita it is pretty good. I, I wouldn't see any reason why it would be less good than it would be on a Wii or a 3DS. Um, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. I love this game for, for 360, uh, and it works pretty damn well on a Vita as well. Um, That's good to know. It's got some cool extras. It has this hero versus Heroes versus Heralds mode uh, where you... It, it's It's not really a campaign. It's more like a conquest mode where you... Uh, you keep it's a reason to keep playing extra fights but you'll slowly gain ground and then when you gain ground uh in this kind of uh hexagon world uh overworld uh you'll get extra stuff and you can get cards in that and the cards will have extra little powers on it so maybe uh you uh your uh super moves do 15% more damage or you jump 10% higher. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of like a gem kind of system, but uh, it's just for this heroes versus heralds mode, and it's it's kind of interesting in the way you can customize your character just a little bit. So I, I think I had one where I get where I had some extra damage on my on my super moves, and then I also had extra damage when I'm in the air, and so I'd play as Akuma a lot. <laughs> and, well, Akuma would be on my team a lot. And I would yeah. jump in the air and do his air super, which just was this huge beam. And it would do so much damage because I was in the air, I was doing a super, and I would just crush people. And I, that's a great game. Uh, the only real problem is the lack of the R2, L2 buttons. Um, and it doesn't have back touch uh, to try to supplement that. So mm-hmm. you're kind of missing out on some of the, some of the functions of the game. Uh, now, when it does controls. supplement with the back touch, how does, does it feel good, or is it kind of like uh... it doesn't? It doesn't feel like a it would on a controller. It, it's yeah. definitely a limited experience. Um, That's a shame. But it it can work. It just needs to work in. Uh, I mean, again, we're going to kind of talk about Tearaway. That's the only game that has seemed like it's it's done something interesting with the back touch, mm-hmm. um, and and getting the idea that. You're actually poking through the the Vita console when you're playing something like Tearaway. Uh, that's kind of cool. But if you're if you're actually trying to use them as buttons, they're probably not very good, and they're probably going to get in the way more than they're actually help you. Uh, mm. But still, it's weird for a game like Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three in that it's limiting the controls, and and there were certain things that I mean you can still do everything, but you have to do it in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't remember right now what L2 and R2 would do. Um, I think it has something to do with super moves. I can't, you know, I don't know. Or team super moves, something like that. Anyway, um, Uncharted Golden Abyss. I didn't play it. Uh, I haven't played any Uncharted game, uh, but I know that this none was... Of them? No, uh, none of them. Uh, I, I mean, I've only played the first one, and uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, first thing when I get a PS3 is going to get uh, the other Uncharted games. Yeah. Um, I know Golden Abyss is one of those games that kind of suffers from being a launch game in that they are trying to shoehorn all of the features of the system into it as possible. Um, So it has a bunch of 
silly touch puzzles that it doesn't need to have. Mm. Um, and, and I heard it's good for what it is. Yeah, I mean, if you if you like Uncharted, you're not going to get the great story out of it. I, I think it has somewhat of a story in it, but it's, yeah, I heard it's more of a side story. Yeah, it's definitely not as important. I, um, I would say though, if you haven't played an Uncharted game, you probably should go get the PS3 and play those Uncharted <laughs> games. Yeah, I, that sounds great until I need to save up money for an Xbox One or a PS4 or both. Maybe you should just wait on those and <laughs> get a PS3 instead. That's probably fair. Um, Wipeout 2048, it's a, it's a really good Wipeout game. It's Yeah, that's what I've heard. This it, probably would be the reason to get a PS Vita at launch would have been uh, Wipeout. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's they've been supporting it ever since. Uh, it's got uh, it's got the Wipeout HD levels now, and then uh, I think it has Wipeout Fury. I want to say, uh, it, but it has some downloadable levels um, from from other games, from PS3 mm-hmm. games that, that are really good. I mean, it, and it's it's Wipeout, but it's pretty. Uh, it's always been pretty, but now it's pretty on a handheld. Uh, Hot Shots Golf World Invitational. I just, I haven't played it. I know that this game is kind of interesting and it has asymmetric multiplayer, so you can play around with your friends, um, but you can take your shot and then it will tell your friend, "Hey, it's it's now time to take your turn." So, mm-hmm. uh, in in kind of this post Words with Friends world, that's an interesting an interesting feature to have. Uh, I just I've just never cared for Hot Shots Golf. I mean, you played Mario Golf, right? Yeah, I like Mario Golf, and I Hot they're Shots the same Golf. And they're very similar, but well, I mean, they're the same same developer. Yeah, but I'm not playing that game because I like the golf. I'm playing that game because Mario. Uh, that's true, but I mean, most of the time. it is still a really good golf game. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know anything about Little Deviants. Um, Luminous Electric Symphony is a Luminous game, but uh, it's. It's more luminous at this point, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think the me. I can't remember if the music on this one is better or worse. I, I forgot the one that uh, James Milky worked on. If he was one of the later, if he was Luminous Two or if he was Electric Symphony. Mm. Uh, but I, I know that at one point that game took a turn into some more Japanese electronicy music. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, Mod Nation Racers Road Trip. I, I don't know. I played the PSP version of Mod Nation Racers and wasn't thrilled, so I didn't buy this version. Um, mm. I've also played it on a PS3, and it's okay. It's, eh. Hey, it's, it's not Mario Kart. It, it's Mario close, Kart, but it's not. Yeah. Um, Army Corps of Hell, no idea. Uh, Asphalt yeah. Injection, no idea. That's a racing game. Uh, <laughs> Gotta have more racing games. <laughs> Super Stardust Delta. Uh, I, Super Stardust is a cool game, but it's not good enough for me to buy a whole version of it on a on a Vita like that. It's mm-hmm. it's something that feels more like a download. Uh, ben Ten Galactic Racing. So oh boy! If, hey man, like, ever heard of that Mario Kart? Let's try making one of those <laughs> with some other character you don't probably care about that much. Oh. Um, Dungeon Hunter Alliance. I have no idea what that is. I would assume that's kind of I don't know, like a maybe kind of Diablo-ish, maybe kind Action of role playing, Neverwinter. Yeah. I, I don't know. Dynasty Warriors next. 
which I think is probably the closest that Tecmo Koei's come to making a halfway decent Dynasty Warriors on a handheld, but uh-huh. I mean, it's it's still Dynasty Warriors, and it's it's not as good as the console versions, which aren't very good to begin with. Uh, Escape Plan, which looked cool. I think Escape Plan was a really interesting art style game. Um, it had this this bigger character and this smaller character, and they were uh, it was very black and white, uh, mm-hmm. and or pretty grayscaled out, and uh, it was kind of a puzzle game. I don't think it controlled very well from what I've heard from people, but the art style was enough to make me think, oh, that that seems interesting. Um, and if if I hadn't read about the control problems, I'd probably have it on my beta right now. Uh, FIFA Soccer. Michael Jackson. That's more to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Michael Jackson, the Experience HD. Oh boy. <laughs> Never forget. Um, Shinobito Two. I said that right. It's not Shinobito. Yep. Uh, Shinobito Two: Revenge of Zen. It seems like a contrarian title. Um, I wouldn't think Zen would be needing revenge, but all right. I don't know anything about that. Uh, yeah. touch, touch my Katamari. At this point, we've got enough Katamari games that you know what you're getting into with one of these. Really, the the first one on the PS2 is all you need. Yeah. Um, Probably my game of the decade. Really? That's, yeah. yeah. I get I get such a Tetris vibe from that game. It's, decade's such a long time, man. Yeah, <laughs> but, oh, man, it was so good. It all was right. so good. All right, cool. Uh, Touch My Katamari, I, I don't think, was as good. Um, I, I'm sure they tried some new things on it, but, again, it's it's all just kind of chasing that past success and past yeah. weirdness, awesomeness. And at this point, like they, they know, they understand that the game was irreverent at the beginning, but it was kind of accidentally... I mean, they, they always knew they were making an irreverent game, but I think they... They didn't quite know what they had on their hands for the first game, and for any of the future ones, it feels a little more forced, and that we're going to, oh, people like that, let's double down on it, and it doesn't feel as genuine anymore. Uh, Virtua Tennis 4 World Tour Edition. It's, uh, it's tennis. Virtual tennis. <laughs> Ninja but- Gaiden Sigma Plus. Ninja Gaiden Sigma. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know anything about it. I think that on the DS when they made Ninja Gaiden Dragon Sword, that was kind of cool, and that they really yeah, tried to do something unique. different. Um, but yeah, not not nearly as cool here. Um, Tales from Space: Mutant Blobs Attack. I, it's a downloadable game. I've heard good things. Yeah, I've heard some cool stuff too. And there was a sequel to that too, which I is like I think it's just called Mutant Blobs Two, or something something different. Um, but, yeah, the, those games are kind of cool. Hustle Kings, I don't know anything about. Pool, uh, billiards, card oh, games. Oh, okay. That's, well, that's not interesting. Sure, and then, I'm rushing out to get a PS Vita for that. <laughs> and then Plants vs. Zombies, which you can get on a whole host of other devices. Yep. So, um, again, t- a ton of games, not very many good ones. Yeah. Uh, really, I'd say the only ones that I even cared about were... Ultimate Marvel's Capcom 3 and Wipeout 2048. So Yeah, I'd probably say Uncharted and Wipeout. Those, if I ever got a PS Vita, I'd probably be there for those two games. But, again, it's it's hard and really justifiable to get a launch game for just one or two games. Yeah. Like, 
especially when you're like, eh, you know, I can play them elsewhere. So Matt, um, I, you know, we've been we've been doing this a long time, so I think uh, yeah. we should kind of try to keep this quick and, and to the point and wrap it up. But I feel like there are really only two of these systems that are even close to being in the running for best launch lineup. Yeah, Neo Geo Pocket Color. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice nice try. Nice try. Um, but I, I'd say it's the original Game Boy versus Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that that's pretty much what it comes down to. So what do we what do we think here? Oh, boy, um, I mean... I'll just say it, the original Game Boy, just because of Tetris. <laughs> Even though I just said it's hard to justify buying a single game, a console for a single game. Yeah. It's Tetris. That, but, that was the only, like, until the NES version came out, that was the only way to play Tetris. Right. But and as, as we talked about. you still play that game today. Yeah. As we talked about, though, up and down, a pretty good launch lineup. Like, there are a lot of enjoyable games. Uh, Super Mario Land is really good. Tennis, mm-hmm. I, I think, is. is Really, much better than it should, that it's than it really should be, uh, and baseball was okay, and alleyway was what it was, uh, and then for the Game Boy Advance, um, really, it's it's Super Dodgeball Advance and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two that are are making me think about it. Um, yeah, I mean Castlevania Circle of the Moon, like I said, it was sure. really good for the time, mm-hmm. but and does it hold up today? Yes and no. Yeah, and Super Mario Advance did its job, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't a knockout. Uh, Namco Museum again is like one of those. Yeah, it's it's a thing, but it's a it's a box that can be checked. F Zero is a box that can be checked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crazy Racers is, a, is another box. Um, but I, I, you know, I tend to agree. It's it's yeah. the Game Boy, which is kind of weird because I I feel like. The Game Boy Advance is known as, like, one of these great launch lineups, but... Yeah. It has one of the smallest of the entire thing that we went through. Yeah, One of the smallest ones here. Just just those five games, but it had four pretty decent ones, two that were absolutely amazing. Um, And it it just kind of takes it. So, (laughs) not too much of an argument there. No no real debate. it was one of the only systems launched that had a game coming with it. Yeah, that's a good point. You just you don't get today. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you can get it a little bit in in that, um, like the 3DS had that preloaded software, but yeah, and so did uh, the Vita, right? Yeah, it had some preloaded stuff on it. Yeah, I know when I bought my Vita, uh, I got the white one that came with Assassin's Creed Liberation. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> I still haven't played that game. Yeah. I I bought it immediately, downloaded Sound Shapes, and never looked back. Um, so. I it's still in a box somewhere. Uh, I should probably try it at some point, but I just don't want to. But I have a white Vita, and it looks badass. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Matt, I don't want to take up any more of your time than, than we have to. Uh, we've been talking at this for a while now. <laughs> yeah, yes, we have. So. I don't think we've uh, broken the record on your longest episode. <laughs> no, this definitely close. isn't the longest podcast I've done, but it's 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 long. It's it's run its course yeah um well i want to thank you for coming on uh i don't know exactly yeah. when our next episode is going to be or what it's going to be on um but it, it's something that i'm thinking about maybe i'll get through golden sun at some point yeah <laughs> god golden sun's great <laughs> yeah um let's see you know i've i've done 17 of these episodes uh and this this i guess is 18 and 
I've never asked anybody to do uh, like reviews or, or ratings on iTunes because I've never cared about it. And when people ask me to do it on their podcasts, I always feel like, ah, oh, God, why, why do we have to go through this? Just shit? give me five stars. And, yeah. Uh, you know what? No. <laughs> but it's, it is, I guess, interesting and, and to have to, – to show that the show was actually – if you enjoy the show – you know, rate it. If you don't, also rate it. I, I want to know some feedback at, at this point. I've done... It, I kind of feel like these episodes are just kind of going into the ether uh, a little bit. And I... Not that I need to know that I, I'm being appreciated or anything like that. But I, the last couple episodes, I think, have been uh, a step up in that I've been able to get some, some pretty good guests. Uh, not that... Our old guests, like Matt Scher, uh, <laughs> were anything to sneeze about either, uh, because I always I, see love, how it is. I, I always love having you guys on. But it's to get a unique perspective of the actual developers, I think is really cool. Um, and and if you guys feel the same way, I'd, I'd kind of like to know about it. Um, if there if there are games that you want to hear about, uh, tell me about them. Uh, send me something on the Tumblr uh, or to the email, which is gotgpodcast at gmail um, I just kind of want to hear some feedback if, if any of you guys feel like giving it. Um, so if you want to rate and review, you can. There is one review on the iTunes uh, store right now, and it's a pretty glowing one, and I that made me feel really good. Uh, so I don't know. If you want to make me feel really good, you can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Matt, do, is there anything that you would like to plug, your Twitter account, uh, uh, anything you're doing? Oh, man. I, I used to do the Shuffle podcast. It's been a while, but I actually I've been working on an episode and should go up soon. Awesome. Uh, it's mostly going to be music from the past year. And uh, so you want to play catch up on what's been re- released? Uh, I don't know. When you put this episode up, it might be up. So just search Surreal Pop in iTunes and it'll pull up Shuffle usually right underneath that. All right. Um, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, Jiggysan, G-I-G-G-Y-S-A-N. That's about it. All right. Well, it sounds fair to me. Um, for the uh, for the GOTG podcast, uh, that's the Twitter handle. Uh, I'm at Chase Kenneke. It's Chase underscore K-O-E-N-E-K-E. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I can't think of anything more. Um, we didn't I, really talk about iOS games. We didn't, yeah. did we? No, I mean that's kind of hard to place. Cause... Yeah, do you do you know the iOS launch lineup? Because I certainly fucking don't. No, I mean because <laughs> there wasn't really. really was one. there anything before uh, Angry Birds other than Rolando? <laughs> Not really. Uh, and yeah, that, and it was a year after, a year plus after the iPhone launch before you got apps. Right. I mean, um, thinking of like the the old iPods, I had an iPod Video that had uh, that had a music. Quiz, which was yeah, pretty cool. That was on the old iPod Mini too. Uh-huh. It iPod. had it, Solitaire, which uh, was a, a good version of Solitaire. Man, uh, there was some shooting game that I forgot what it was called. Oh but, yeah, with the parachute guy. Right, and you had your you used the click wheel for it. Um, yeah, man, what a launch lineup. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't. I just don't know enough about apps and when the apps came out and. It's all the rage. It is. It's a thing. There, there's some cool stuff on iOS, but I... Yeah, I've been playing Plants vs. Zombies, too. Really? I, I right. haven't. Yeah, I, It's I, Plants vs. Zombies with a little added twist and then a lot of padding. 
I didn't get very far in the original, so I, I should just go back and play that. I have it on my on my uh, touch, but I just haven't done anything with it. It's hard on a small screen. I'll, I'll say that. I can imagine that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Matt, man, it's it's great to have you back. Uh, I hope it's. I hope I don't have to wait another seventeen episodes before I can uh, can get you back on again. But uh, it's it's been awesome, man. Yeah, we'll figure something. All right. Um, yeah, go rocket in Boston and uh, or suburbs of Boston or wherever the hell you are. Outskirts yeah. of Boston. Um, but I'm sure we'll meet up again at the next PAX East and oh, yeah. maybe even before then if we're really lucky. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll be back sometime with a new episode. <laughs>